Hello and welcome again to Indiepocalypse Radio, the radio show where my microphone is always 100% at the proper levels. I'm your host, Andrew. I'm the, the you know creator, editor, all that stuff. Uh, whatever the things you can do with Indiepocalypse, I do them besides make the games and the covers. Uh, the organizer, the whatever, what it doesn't matter. Indiepocalypse being, of course, the monthly anthology of games, alternative games is what I'm going with. I'm thinking about underground more often, but like, what does that even mean? I mean, that, that, that's the thing. When you're going for uh, alternative independent labels, you're always just kind of chasing some other new arbitrary label uh, until it gets co-opted by people with more money than is humanly possible. With that all said, uh, welcome to the show. This is the show, of course, where we talk to people that are usually inside of Indiepocalypse, but sometimes they're not. Sometimes they're just uh, unrelated other people, uh, as, as we have this week. But starting off, uh, uh, this we our first guest, you may know, uh, you know, also, you know, of course, you may know these developers from well outside uh, their work in Indiepocalypse. Indiepocalypse is kind of like a, a, a small uh, footnote, I like to think is part of uh, these developers. It's, uh, but that is, uh, you may know our first developer uh, from issue. What is this? Oh, no, I lost my thing. I think it's 10 or 11. It's been so long. There. Oh, I closed my browser. That's bad. Uh, issue 12, I was very close. Uh, issue 12 of Indiepocalypse uh, with 10 Mississippi is Karina Pop. Karina, how are you doing today? Hey, I'm, I'm doing good. I'm happy to be here. Glad to have you here. I've been... Uh, I, it's, I've been in my kind of, um, house cleaning phase of guests where I'm just like, I, you know, I usually ask people towards the beginning of when they start and then I'll ask them a couple more times. And now my, uh, in my giant red spread, my giant spreadsheet, I'm like, if anyone's got a red mark that hasn't answered, I'm cleaning house. They're just <laughs> gone forever. And I've had a, a shocking number of, and I say the shocking in a very positive way. If people, Hey, they actually got back to me this time <laughs> and it's, uh, glad to happen, you know? Yeah, no, I, I can't speak to other people, yeah. but for me, I think it was like pandemic time, like yes. unable to go through my emails at some point. Yes. Uh, but yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad you reached out again. It uh, is, I, I, I assumed cool. it was one of those things where people, yeah. I think there were two modes. There's, there's two pandemic email modes where it's, I'm glad to have any contact with another human being <laughs> or, or all of my contact is through email and I never want to see another email again. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but yes, no, glad to have you on the show. Um, to, to, to start it off, if people are unfamiliar uh, with uh, 10 Mississippi in, in the shortest form of saying, what is 10 Mississippi? Uh, 10 Mississippi is a uh, stop motion photography game about just a very mundane day hold in like 10 second increments yeah. where you just do a small interaction at that day. Yes. It's uh, it is a, it is, it is a, what was it? I'm trying to think of what year it was. I don't remember, but you know, uh, prime IGF nouveau material. Yeah. It was uh 2018, <laughs> I think maybe. <laughs> Sounds about right. Yeah. yeah. I, <laughs> Because uh, I, I, I did a, I, I should know this. I did a write up recently about that kind of thing. Uh, uh, I, I, I should know it. I made it. Right. <laughs> it's yeah. Weird that I don't know. <laughs> um, 
because I was like, uh, the list last year, I'm like, there's like four games in here that were in the zine. Were there any in the past? And there was, it was a couple. There was you and I think uh, like Jeremy Clark and Reds in the Jars, I believe, mm-hmm. were, but not with exact games. But anyway, yes, uh, I had, I was talking to someone the other day and they were talking about one of their friends. It was Resin Jars, actually, that were in one of the IGF Nouveaux. And they were watching it, and they were like, the presenter was like, and all these games are weird. <laughs> and it's like, it's that weird thing where uh, I, I think I, uh, the reason I reach out to people, you were one of the people I reached, I reached out to, yes. Yeah. Uh, I'm like, that sounds weird at first, but uh, that is the correct tense for that. Um. I feel like th- these specific kind of like uh, meaningful, well done art house games kind of get noms and a couple blog posts, and then where do they go? You know? Yeah, that's kind of I-, I think what happens like in the moment. Um, and no, yeah, like you're talking like the presenter at the IGF for the Nuova being like, "Oh, yeah. these are the weird games." Like that's how it feels like the whole week. Like you're like, <laughs> uh. I- you might not even think this is a game like the person that you're talking to might be like weird about it um (laughs) but i think the kind of cool thing that has like been nice about the experience after releasing 10 mississippi is that like people who really care or are interested in this kind of work will just reach out periodically like you or like I the other week like a photographer in Madrid reached out and was like, "Hey, I'm like just doing a show about games made with photos. Can I include 10 Mississippi?" And I'm like, "Yeah." yeah. Uh, like it, it in the moment, like at the time it's very like anticlimactic cuz not a lot of people are super into to stuff like this, but right. uh uh it's it's cool that like I get to kind of have these connections over time of, of people yeah. interested in that kind of work. I I think the what you described is, is what I think is kind of like the better fate of sort of art house games is that you have to go through, you have to go through video games first, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but then, but then once you get out of video games, you realize that the people who tend to care the most are usually like traditional arts world, uh, like galleries and museums and that sort of thing. But it's like, uh, how do you get your video? Like how would you get a video game in front of that traditionally? It's yeah, like, I it it's tough. <laughs> Cuz it's like it's the, it's not the space where there is like a uh uh what is it? I feel like some it's not the MoMA. Or is it the MoMA? There was a there was a museum in New York recently that had Yeah. uh like an interactive gallery like exhibition, I think. Yeah, they do. So they have like a permanent collection. Okay. And then I think they did another uh, uh, exhibit recently. I think that's still going on. I haven't been. I, I should. Right. Um, but yeah, like there are definitely people that are uh, open to, you know, showing these kind of things and I guess more like mainstream art formats. I don't want to. I don't want to <laughs> sound like I'm like I want. <laughs> I want yeah. like I want like the a- approval of like art people. But like it's cool because it does give you access to just like regular people that are just like at the MoMA or like just like walking by uh, some gallery and maybe they go in and like they are not a video game person and it's exciting to like think about like allowing people to to see games in a different light you know yeah you know like my grandfather like (laughs) 
is like vaguely aware of the existence of Fortnite, right? And like, right, so right. thinking about like people like my grandfather, like, I don't know, is he in the MoMA one day? And he's like, wow, what is getting over it with Bennett Foddy? What's going on there? Why is yeah. it in a museum? Right, right. Um, <laughs> that's the thing. You, you may have a grandfather who has like a deep lifelong appreciation of art and thinks video games are something like Fortnite. Yeah. <laughs> And yeah, and there's like, and you know, video game uh, conventions, you know, and don't lend themselves to um, think games without goals. <laughs> or, yeah, it's weird. Oh. It's super weird. Like a lot of people that like when you try to move from the game space and move to like more like digital media or just like art space, like kind of don't get it if there's not like points or right. or like a clear like you win, you lose thing. Um and I get like asked that a lot. Like, where are the points? Like, what is the goal? What are the rules? What are the meaningful choices? Right. Um, yes. And I'm like, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. There, there is that strange like obsession with choice in general of like, uh, I have to be able to shape the narrative. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, I'm not, not down with that with 10 Mississippi it's like anti no, making right. choices right yeah. 10 Mississippi is you is like the the opposite end of the spectrum of like you're being forced into all of these other choices like listen know, to me know. look at what I want you to see yeah yes and you have to experience it the way I yeah there is like and like that's you know heightened by the fact that there's just real images yeah um yeah and that's uh, it's it's a weird thing that games have that like you know obviously you don't decide uh when you get scared that the person in the horror movie is going to go through the door you can't actually tell them that to go through the door and they won't listen to you <laughs> but uh there's because i guess because of the way we interface with games and they're interactive we expect more we uh, you know i say but like you know game players expect more than being able to just um go along for the ride if that makes sense yeah, totally. And I get that. Yeah. Um, you know, you. I think a lot of like people get excited, you know, about the possibility space. And I can totally see how it gets disappointing as well, kind of like on the flip side, to feel those choices limited and that space limited. Yeah, yeah. Because if you're coming from uh, this idea of like uh, video games or Skyrim, you know. <laughs> They're, yeah they're giant toy boxes that i play around in then uh uh them not being giant toy which of course what no no person no one person is going to ever make skyrim you know yeah. and i could but, try I'm, I'm gonna make skyrim in, in photographs that's my oh. <laughs> decided next project right now I, I, do. I hope you're taking photographs right now because yes you'll, you'll need to <laughs> you'll need a lot <laughs> there, I mean, there is like, uh, I mean, that push the the. I was thinking about that recently. I was talking to someone privately. Um, uh, if you believe you can do that and talk to people without making content um, <laughs> uh, about art and like the the w the way games have that kind of longer, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? There's more stuff to do before you can start even making a game. You know. Mm. Like, did you like? Did you come from a, like a programming background in doing this, or not? Not at all. <laughs> um, so, like, I went like the most 
obnoxious roundabout way of getting here, I feel like. So I, I got a master's degree in game design. Okay. And prior to that, like I was really interested in doing game studies, just like very academic. Like eventually I wanted to get my PhD and sort of like pursue researching games um, and the spaces around games. Yeah. Um, and I was kind of convinced at the time that I was like, I need to know how games are made that in order like to it would help. do that. <laughs> yeah, no, I, it was like, I, I, I didn't like have any evidence because yeah. like I, I did reading prior. I didn't have any evidence, but I just kind of felt like there was like this disconnect between the terminology and the ideas behind game design and then the way some people were writing about game design. And so I was like, I'm going to, when I applied to graduate school, I, I applied to one game design master's program um, at NYU and I got in and I went there still fully like assuming I'm going to be like a professor, you know, elbow patch thing right. in the future. <laughs> uh, but I found out like, I really like making games because um, that's the focus of, of the program. Uh, they have game studies classes, like you do have to like write papers, and I did get the chance to like present papers and stuff. But uh, I was like, oh no, like making things is really cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it uh, it's the, yeah. the siren call of art. He's like, oh, I could just make yeah, art. oh no. Uh, so I learned everything, like in t those two years, like programming, like making art assets like visual art a little bit of like sound design all game design stuff um and then have since mostly just been like trying to maintain that sort of like a like self-learning of yeah. of everything so like yeah I, I come from a background of nothing <laughs> and, and became like a jack of all trades that thing yeah and i think the benefit is becoming faster to do that you know mm. Uh, like tools are getting easier and more resources are there because uh, what you're saying is like it's it's easier to like uh, like if you want to make a film especially now it's easier to point a camera at something and I mean not saying you'll ever be good at it in any way yeah it's, it's easier than being like I want to make a video game and you're like I have to figure out how to draw graphics to a screen <laughs> before I can even like uh, like there's 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 so many there's this weird like barrier to just uh, design, but also there's the benefit of you can just kind of the secret of especially if you're doing it on a personal computer, uh, the the keyboard can do a lot of different things. So you don't really yeah. you're not really restricted to what you think games are supposed to control. Like you know yeah, it's and the tools in general are I think really accessible. Yeah, I think. I don't know, it's, it gets, I don't know, the space gets more and more interesting every year, the more I hear about, like, people who are self-taught, or, like, coming from a different field making games, and just, like, using what they can find online, it, it's just really cool. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I've, I've entered this weird space where I've been doing this long enough, uh, you know, I mentioned you were in issue 12, we were up to 42 is coming out in, wow. in two weeks, um, like it's just like oh now since i've started people have been learning game development you know there are probably people who are in recent issues that weren't that had not made a game back when i started doing this and it's like oh yeah uh there's like so much to uh this this world of like game design and people are getting into it like more and more every day yeah i mean so this is at the time it blew my mind you wrote uh like a piece 
earlier in the year about 10 Mississippi and maps of the known world by oh, Joey yes. Schutz. Uh, yeah, I, I very, very <laughs> um, coincidentally featured 10 Mississippi back to back in two articles just because it happened. I had that double feature in mind and then I'm like, oh, it's also in the IGF Nouveau. Well, I, I yeah. mean, I, I was going to say specifically about that. Yeah. Like, uh, Joey is, was my TA for like a class oh, back when weird. I started teaching. And I was like, oh, wow. Like, seeing that article like two years later, like drawing a connection between the thing that I made and then the thing that this person that was now making games made. I don't know. I thought it was cool. I know. Yeah. Exciting I, stuff. I didn't even know that. I come across all these weird connections occasionally because the, you know, the world of game design is massive and tiny in some ways at the same time. Yeah. So that is a, a fascinating way to like think of things that I, huh, I didn't even do that on purpose. Yeah, I was like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> and like I and I don't even know if like, you know, his relation to like, you know, being a TA was like inspired him at all to make maps of the known world. If that was just another like coincidental space of like, I'm going to also work in uh, yeah. real media to make things my happening. Yeah. Yeah, that is very, that's very. Although I do know that I do have the general feeling that uh, at some point in the apocalypse slowly percolated through NYU in some ways, at least among students of like, oh, here's a place where you can submit weirdo games and get money for it. I, I don't, I don't know for sure, but that yeah. wouldn't surprise me. I, uh, I, it's definitely like the vibe uh, that a lot of students at NYU go for. And yeah, it's, it's a vibe. Yeah. I encourage and I like and uh, but also it's a vibe that's not very uh, what's the word uh, commercially viable that is correct yes <laughs> uh, uh, Ted Mississippi uh, when is your switch release for Ted Mississippi oh good question <laughs> uh, I, I wish I wish yeah when, when is the VR version so I can get truly immersive I I I actually struggled with this a lot at the time of releasing it. Yeah. There was like a, a sort of a question if I was going to charge for it or not. And I do like have like a donation button on the, the itch page, but it's just like a, it's just like a HTML5 like web game. Right. Cause that's what I was into. But I had like designers I really respected, like really going hard, try to convince me basically that like the best way to sort of, almost like charging for the game gave it more legitimacy and that I should charge it and, figure out what that cost would be because people right. will take it more seriously if I do. Um, but I just like, wasn't, I wasn't <laughs> convinced. Like I was like, I don't, I would rather people just play it. And even if yeah. less people in the end and they don't take it super seriously, cause I'm not asking for like 99 cents or whatever, I guess I'm okay with that. Um, but it would be nice to have money. That would be, yes, that that's, would be a cool thing. <laughs> that's the, that's the, the secret to life. It's just always nice to have more money. <laughs> uh yeah i i tried i ha try to have it both ways like that is part of the uh the, the initial reason i did indie apocalypse is like if i put these games in a bundle that costs money they'll people will start to think oh i should pay money for mm. uh these shorter like sometimes you know 10 minute long games like content what even content aside of any like even if you made like a game where you were a little guy who ran around and collected points if that if that little guy only ran around for ten minutes, people would be like, "Oh, I'm not paying a ten minutes for a video game." Uh, but I also have it both ways because I just linked to everyone's stuff, so 
there's not there's nothing stopping you from just like going to the indie apocalypse page and then just going to play Ted Mississippi for free, you know, on your page. Like yeah, it. no, totally. I think I don't know the in, the sort of like work that indie apocalypse is doing in that way. I think is important, even if in the end you can just like find the games for free, like legitimizing yeah. this idea of like the ten minute little guy running around game is is worth something. Like somebody put labor into that, and it's an experience. Right. Right. Um, I, I love two minute songs. You know, I've listened to them yeah. plenty of times. <laughs> like yeah. Uh, uh, the 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 curse of art is that the length and the money you spend on it doesn't equal its quality. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so it's like, uh, some. I'm, I'm sorry, EA. Sometimes a person spent a week <laughs> on a game that's better than the game you spent four million dollars on. I can't, <laughs> can't do anything about that. That's just <laughs> that's just what life is. <laughs> uh, like if people will, you know, uh, how many people like are obsessed with like home recorded albums, you know, on tape decks, and like compared to giant studio releases, you know, it's just. Yeah, people like people, and when people see people, they love to see uh, people in art. Yeah, it's 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 how we're we're full of big complex ideas in our brain, and sometimes we can express them in art in a way that we could never say. Absolutely, that's that's my feeling. Definitely, I I I sort of like explain it as like I I want to make things that can can say the thing I'm thinking back to me and like I do desperately hope other people can understand it but like right. if they don't it's okay like <laughs> I'm all right yeah. um, like I'm trying to communicate something and sometimes like the only way I can do that is through of uh, railroaded photography stop motion game yeah <laughs> but then you realize you, you took all those photos you decided all the scenes yeah. that you're gonna play it's all like very intentional mm. and it's easy to forget that it's like oh people do things you know very intentionally uh yeah and it's not kind of like these arbit games do not come out of the ether uh right they're humans that that make them yeah spent uh, you know between you know six hours and six years of their life on something yeah and i'm a big fan of the people that do that <laughs> ideally closer to uh the six hours is what i'm aiming for so people don't <laughs> that's like one of the other things it was like there was a certain bleakness to like um as i was you know before this i was making games and i was not great at it uh it uh, started partially because of like when i started getting better it's like oh i'm getting better at this i'm like oh but i don't i want to make money but the kind of games i also want to make don't make money um uh, what if I brute force the market into existence? I will, I will make the market, and then I will return, and I will yeah. make the money. It'll be, and I'll get to make the games I want. A genius plan. The truth, it, it hasn't worked yet. Okay, <laughs> it'll the, get there. I don't think the market's there yet, but I think I like to think of the poisoning young minds into thinking, huh? I can pay ten dollars for weird art games, huh? You say, yeah. There's more to buying in games and battle passes in Fortnite, huh? Yeah. Yeah, but that it's it's a whole but seeing people working on the exact same game year after year after year for like 6 years or whatever and then uh, uh looking at steam charts or something and being like six people are playing this game. Uh-oh. Yeah. Uh it's just like such a huge gamble that I think that's why so many like why it burns so many people out constantly. 
Definitely. There's, it's like a, like a trope at this point. Like yeah. you, you, especially like coming, like thinking back to like the early, like 2010s that really got this idea in people's heads of like, I have the best game idea. I am going to make this game um, and spend years and years on it, savings on it and stuff. And then like, you know, finding in the end, you're burnt out, you're tired. <laughs> You invested so much into this and you realized you were doing sunk cost fallacy for like at least the last two years and things aren't turning out like you wanted. And that sucks. It's really, yeah. really hard. Um, I, I think smaller, smaller things are definitely more sustainable for, I think, just human beings. Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> There's like, you know, that's why most most things, I you know, most pieces are do not take that long, like on average, even like big movies <laughs> do not take very long to make I, when i realized like oh shooting people movies film in like a month or whatever they don't take very long to physically film in a lot of cases and yeah uh, but i think like, there was like a, a producer at some company um triple a company that was like consumers need to get used to the fact that like games are going to take like five years to develop from now on right um <laughs> and I, I i i genuinely do like like a lot of like your standard triple a games like i will play an assassin creed i will i will play your zeldas yes. um yeah, it's a, I, a bummer to hear like depending five years like what that can do to a, a worker right and, and i don't think it's like uh healthy that five years is like oh that's a healthy development life cycle right um, yeah no that's probably five years plenty of crunch in it yeah, definitely. It's yeah, yeah. It's not like five years and we plan this well. Like you're gonna have a work-life balance. It's five years yeah. and you're still gonna be crunching every right. two weeks or whatever. Yeah. Not five years of a nice, relaxing nine to five. Yeah, yeah. With ample lunch breaks and everything. No. Yeah. Five years of extended weekends, eleven-hour work days. Uh, yes, most movies have unions. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. A lot of like. Not just most movies, like every, like almost every production role in film has a union, you know, or yep. a guild or something, you know, it's, it's all SAG and the WGA and Yahtzee and, you know, the DGA and every, you know, every other one that I don't know of because I'm not a Hollywood insider, <laughs> but I do know those ones. Uh, yeah. And I think, you know, having that kind of model in that big game space or just game space in general of, of, of unions or guilds or something yeah. to protect workers would I think go a long way to like making that cycle more sustainable. And I also think like probably better games, yeah. not that that should be important. Like the important part is the human aspect of like right. taking care of people and making sure people are what cared for. But I do kind of like think a side benefit is that I like, I like to think that the games would be better in the end. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, you know, <laughs> it doesn't benefit people to like be constantly burned out and that's how you get like you know people that stick around <laughs> yeah exactly and like uh, have the knowledge and the know-how of, of what they're doing yeah and you have like teams that like you know regularly work together because 90 percent of the team didn't get laid off or just fried completely yeah yes uh, but speaking of uh getting laid off we're gonna lay off this segment uh <laughs> <laughs> which is to say believe it or not our time has come to an end while well, i'm uh finding a gif here because there's no longer songs about building and food so i need i can't use my buildings and food one i need to find a more uh uh neutral here we go this guy's always neutral uh 
but yes, uh, thank you for being here on the show. Uh, thank you for, uh, you know, allowing your game to be, be within Indiepocalypse and for just, you know, the, making games in general. Uh, Thanks for having me. Uh, I'm going to be back on the better half of, where's my little guy? Here it is. On the better half of one minute and 27 seconds. Uh, but until then, goodbye. Hello and welcome back to Indiepocalypse Radio. Uh, that was Melt Banana with Ketchup Mess. Uh, uh, we are here with our next guest who is, I, I, I tease them ahead of time, of people who have nothing to do with Indiepocalypse, um, <laughs> which happens on occasion. And that is uh, Ben Reichstein from Wolf Sound Design. Ben, how are you doing today? Pretty great. How about you? I'm doing good. So I'm going to ask you right at the top, important question. Uh, how did you hear about Indiepocalypse? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I heard about it when you emailed me. Okay. Oh, like, okay. So this what, is interesting. So, so double question then. How did you hear about? Because you had filled out the like, I'll be on this radio show. How did you fi- hear about the radio show then? Do you fill out? <laughs> Yo, the no. I mean, I, I I saw the I saw the thing on Twitter and, and thought like, oh, that sounds interesting, and I just put my information in, and then I somehow forgot about it. <laughs> it was like a busy day, and it's it seemed interesting, and I did like a bunch of tasks, and this was also a task I did. So after I got your email, I'm like. Oh, nice! How how did he find out about me? And then I looked it up, and but then I remembered, yeah, I filled out the the form. Yes. So yeah, I checked it out, and um, yeah, it's amazing. I mean, just got blown away by all the different games and all the different styles, and and yeah, just the depth of it. It's yeah, I like underground stuff. So oh yes, now this and this is that is that is, I teased it earlier, but that is kind of maybe a phrase I'm leaning towards. I've been using alternative a lot lately. Yeah, I mean whatever phrase you use. I mean it's just at the end it's, um, I would say like just cool art from from all so many different people and that's yeah. always interesting because everyone has their different like point of view and their different voice and so yeah. Right, right. Everyone has like such a different approach uh, all the time. Like it's all about getting different, uh, and I and you know s- still doing this monthly, ten issues a month. You can still like there's no shortage of having a wildly varied uh, issue each month, which is, <laughs> yeah. uh, it's easy to not, uh, to not realize that there is such a huge, uh, breadth of game design and games being made right now. And there always will be. <laughs> it's like, but, but, yeah, but, that's, en- but enough that's about, sorry. <laughs> no, no, go ahead. I, I just wanted to say, yeah, there's, uh, as you already like talked about, there's always new people coming, um, as you talked about, like maybe some people that uh, ha- had the first episode or the first um, issue of Indiepocalypse um, now learn to program and now li- like submitting their games. So it's like a cycle of, of getting always fresh content and uh, it's getting easier to get into game content and so many different tools to use. So, yeah. Yeah, it's it's a. Uh, but speaking of game content and uh, uh, mm-hmm. game work, Ben, tell me about uh, Wolf's sound design. Just you, know, I guess, suppose more generally your own work. Yeah, so um, I'm. I would say I would c- categorize myself as like a sound artist. So I do sound design for mainly games, and I have a strong focus on field recording and foley work. So I like to go out in nature or in abandoned mine shafts or some other crazy places and record yeah. like real life sounds and bring them into games and also um experiment a lot so i'm a i'm a big nerd 
with microphones so i have a lot of many different microphones stuff i can like throw into the water and record underwater sounds or record electricity stuff like that so i'm, I'm always trying to find something new there and um yeah i'm also doing a little bit of music um not that much because that's where i started and then found out um, i actually <laughs> like the sound design part most yeah. of making music like making those crazy sounds so yeah yeah that's like uh field recordings and um kind of like what i guess you would say traditional foley work in general i think is kind of a something it's like a it's a it's a large space that you can real it's uh people might not even realize exists sometimes uh absolutely unless you're like a real band camp sicko and you get like here's uh july's best field that we're recording ambient albums which you know (laughs) they do which is like fascinating and cool but uh and like there's like it reminds you yeah that there's a lot of spaces and that uh sound is everywhere Absolutely. And when you start to listen and then especially when you start to listen with microphones and realize after you recorded something and then listen to it back uh, home at your computer, you feel like there's something different and maybe even something new you didn't hear before while you were in that space. And that is always exciting to me because even now I can listen back to recordings from like months or even years ago and can find something interesting or new in there. Um, Especially if it's like longer recordings, Uh, like I said, like those ambient albums, um even those are oftentimes just like a an excerpt of of longer listening periods there are sound artists out there that go on to record like 10 hours or something or or like leave the recorder overnight and have like a 24-hour recording and then go through it and like just submerge themselves into that and and some like some soundscapes really just just like with with like slow evolving music it really just comes to you if you're willing to listen and take the time and, and submerge yourself into it and give it the space it needs. So, um, yeah, those, those things are, are very interesting to me. And, um, that's why I also, by the way, also have a podcast on the side and started a podcast about yeah. those field and Foley stuff, because I mean, sound design or sound work in general, is like a niche of game audio, but then there's also the niche of the niche of field recording and Foley. Yeah. And, um, yeah, at first I didn't expect much from it, but people really seem to enjoy it. And even people, that don't have anything to do with sound because as you said most people aren't aware of that and then they yeah they get some interesting stories from people that have been doing that for many many years or worked on like big movies or on small projects or whatever and have like interesting stories to tell and also their recordings is always interesting you have like recordings from the amazons or you have i had a guest uh, once that had a recording from an abandoned uh, world war ii freighter where he could like just walk around in the ship and record stuff um it was like a museum piece, but like he got access to it. So you have those inside ambient sounds that normal people don't get to hear. So yeah, there's always something new and interesting, and it's yeah, just fascinating to me. Right, right. To just sort of uh, now is do you, uh, your approach? Do you do you do a lot of uh, long? I guess there's probably you probably do, I imagine you probably do a mix, but do you do a lot of just very long? I'm going to place something down recordings or. Uh, it depends. It depends on what I'm looking for. I mean, yeah. normally because I'm I'm working in game audio and I have at least most of the time I have some goal. Um, yeah. But oftentimes with, with field recording, you go out and even if you have a goal, you should always like be open to 
everything going wrong because you can like arrive there and then it's like pouring rain and you want to hear the quiet forest so then right. it's not possible or you have like some traffic noises or you have something like unexpected something doesn't work so just what i like to do is when i go out and if i don't find the thing i'm looking for then i'm looking and and exploring the space and listening to stuff and like just yeah as i said like climbing up mountains or, or going into the woods and finding spaces and interesting interesting spaces from an audio perspective so i'm keeping my ears open more than my eyes yeah just yeah. walking around and then when i'm in a spot and i think oh that's nice like here's this wind blowing through this cave or or at this rock or um those trees are, are creaking or stuff like that and then i'm setting up and recording stuff yeah because um, I, 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 <laughs> I imagine it's harder to it'd be very difficult to like see him be like that looks like an interesting sounding tree from a hundred yards away yeah <laughs> absolutely <laughs> not... or even even on photographs like if yeah. you're looking for stuff like yeah okay I, I see an interesting river but how does it sound and and sometimes the stuff that doesn't look that interesting can sound very amazing right and the other way around and also i mean on photos you see like oftentimes we see like maybe a nice river or something but you don't know is there like an, an uh, a highway next to it and it's like very noisy and you don't yeah. hear the river at all so yeah it's um it's a it's a different beast but yeah that's also why it's exciting to me and it's it's right yeah right. it leads you to explore and to enjoy nature so yeah yeah it's it's do you, you know do you do any kind of of the do you do much of the sort of studio foley style where you're like uh how can i make this watermelon this glove sound like something or uh <laughs> that kind of artificial yeah. style absolutely i've been i've been stabbing like melons or um, pumpkins i mean <laughs> always nice i will always nice when it's pumpkin season because you can record some very nice gory sounds like yes i was gonna say breaking and stuff like that yeah. um so yeah well, i do a lot of those stuffs too and also um always like if i'm doing sound design for a video game i try to like make my own sound library because if you're using like many different sound libraries, um, especially I, I've seen that in, in small indie projects where people are not aware of sound, they just mix and match and get stuff together. And it sounds most of the time it sounds rather decent, but it's like sometimes, especially if you ha have an ear for it, it's very different quality, right. very varied sound and it doesn't like really fit. And if you do your stuff, your own stuff, then you have at least unique sounds that no one else has. Yeah, and you can make sure everything has like this consistent voice and quality and tone, and that's yeah, that's that's why I'm also like doing footsteps myself. Um, oftentimes, if 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 it's like a like a really immersive game where where this is like important and you hear them, or yeah, as I said, I step melons or I do some weird experiments. Um, everything that's not much of a safety hazard. I I don't do explosions, unfortunately. <laughs> You're right. But, well, that seems yeah. uh, more expensive. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, all the permits and all that stuff, and uh, yeah. you need to be a professional. So, I buy those libraries and I, I I use those stuff, but but then I add my own stuff to it, like falling debris or stuff like that. You can yeah, do a lot of stuff. Yeah, because yeah. that's. And I also, oh, sorry. Yeah, sorry. Um, and I also do a lot of experimenting, like like I mentioned, I have this this underwater microphone, which is essentially I don't know if you're aware of contact microphones. You could put it on surfaces and you can record the vibrations of them. So even if you like scream right next to it, you won't hear anything right uh, just like the the vibrations of the surface it's attached to and those things are also um in a variant with a, like a shielded coating and you can like put it on the water but what you also can do is like just put it in water and put it in the freezer and let it like freeze okay and then let the ice thaw so you can hear the ice cracking from inside the ice oh and stuff like that like just crazy experiments yeah, just yeah. trying everything and it's yeah it's just been fun for i think it's 
over six years now that I'm doing this, and um, yeah, I've I've not been born yet, uh, bored yet of yeah trying to find new stuff. And I always... yeah, because that's the I mean that's the secret. There's I don't think I don't think I'm not gonna make I don't know if I'm making a bold claim here, Ben. But I don't think in your lifetime you're gonna find every sound that exists. <laughs> no, most definitely not. No, I think that and also techniques. I mean, it's also yeah. not just sounds. It's also if you start to like really get into it and have have maybe a couple of microphones or no people and can just record a sound with like four very different microphones and you realize how amazingly different that sounds. And then even then now, if you go into that stuff that you can't hear, which is um, an area that I'm trying to explore now in the next probably two or three years, we will see like ultrasonics or something. You can, right. uh, yeah, you can record sounds that you can't hear with your ears or so you have like superhuman hearing and then you have this whole other world opening up and you like suddenly can hear like ants talking and crawling or yeah, whatever, like bats call or uh, even elephants, elephants calls are too, too low to register. So if you hear them calling like those very low notes and you can record them with very special equipment, then you can pitch them up. So it's not exactly the same, but you can make them audible and then it's like an, right. another world opens up. It's no, amazing. yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's like the closest thing to creating a sound that it's you know because you can't change human ears but you can yeah <laughs> a, a computer can recognize and change a sound absolutely yeah yeah, yeah no yeah there's the there's this wild this huge space for uh, uh potential for sound design and yeah i think i was thinking a lot about what you said about like uh people not having like voices for their sounds uh like a, a, a consistent voice that but like mm -hmm. yeah and how you very much can have a lot of good sounds individually but together like don't sound like they go together well or don't sound like they mix well which is kind of like in the same way that i'm sure if you were to just be outside in a forest you could hear different forest sounds and you'd be like this one does not sound like it comes from this forest at all. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like it, yeah. there's, it's can take for, you can take for granted the, uh, the kind of, and I'm, I, I bought, I bet like being regularly in that space and regularly like doing audio recordings gives you, or, uh, ambient recordings gives you a better, like sense, like, like a better ear for that sort of thing. Of yeah, like, absolutely. Of like uh, what sounds better together, or what sounds uh, more. Yeah, and then you can you can make a conscious decision of if you want to like even make this discord of sounds not sounding the same. I mean, right. that's that's a lot of uh, a lot of sound design and horror games, for example, do exactly that. You're like in a house, and you hear like creaks, and you hear like may maybe like some ghostly whispers and stuff like that. And then there's there's this one sound you hear, and you're like. I don't know what it is, but I know it's not like a sound a house makes and it's yes. <laughs> somewhat off-putting and it's somewhat creepy. And if you can like find those sounds that are like, no one can really know what it is, then that's like a big thing of, of horror games. Um, that's something yeah. I, I always notice in, in, in horror game tropes, but um, yeah, also like, yeah, you can play with emotions with sounds. You can, you can completely change the scene with just the sound editing. Um, I mean, music, for example, of course, is also a big, big part of sound. And we all know like, the emotional impact of music but the same thing is like with with sounds for example um when i tell people about this i always use the example of um, a door can like sound inviting or it can yeah. sound menacing it can sound broken or it can sound like very new and you might not recognize it but 
if you hear like those stores and everything that sounds very new, then it gives you a subconsciously like a, a more more of an idea of what this place is. So it's ah, it's well maintained or it's new and it's it's cleaned, or it's old and it's rusty and it's maybe abandoned just from like the sound of the first door opening. Right, right. And, um, yeah, those those things are are very interesting to me, especially the subconscious and the psychological effects of sound. There are so many techniques to like uh, mess with your mind with sound. It's also like a great area to go into. Yeah, like you can build an entire like you could just give someone like a sound of a door or a sound of a foot on the floor and it's like these different sounds and tell them to like design a house and you can, you know, you can audially uh, design a house. Uh, yeah. You know, playing with people's understanding of like what sounds are or the vibes of sound. And it's like, a, it's an, it's an important space <laughs> to work in. I said, I think, uh, especially on smaller scale, I think it's sometimes easier for people to just go, you know, I need door dot wave, you know, I <laughs> go to freesound.org <laughs> and get door yeah, dot yeah. wave, which. Yeah. And I mean, uh, it's totally fine. And I, I'm glad that yeah. like stuff like free sounds exists because that allows people to quickly like put a lot of sounds in their game and they most of the so time also sound decent. Um, just like I said, so that's, that's a yeah. great starting point. Um, but if you like go more into it, not, not just the sounds, but also, well, it's oftentimes a problem in indie games and, and maybe people are, are getting more aware of that. It's like you have different sounds with um, with different reverbs, so they don't fit in the same room. And that's also something, not just the sound itself, but the reverb of it. Right. And the reverb is like the, the biggest thing. I mean, nowadays we do a lot of that stuff in engines, um, but yeah, even then, if you have your reverb in engine for the spe specific sound, uh, for the specific room, but then you get a sound in that has like clearly a different like long echo or something or an off-putting thing that sounds like a bathroom um, maybe you don't notice it like right away but subconsciously people like realize that doesn't fit and yeah. they had like it breaks the immersion a bit always so yeah yeah and it could be one of those things that some people will pick up on like automatically like instantly it's just yeah. sort of a thing that connects they're like oh something about this is off whether it's like maybe you are testing with speakers and then someone wearing headphones just hears it so much closer yeah exactly it's there's like there's you know the, there's a huge uh breath to what a sound does <laughs> <laughs> and uh speaking of, of of video games huh yeah video games right <laughs> what is, what is your relation uh been to video games do, do you like those things uh, uh i don't know <laughs> <laughs> for like i think the last 30 years yeah no 32 years no yeah. even more oh man i think yeah i mean uh, around 30 years ago i started playing video games yeah so yeah i i'm really in love with video games and to give you like a brief history i'm i'm i always wanted to be a video game programmer and okay then i thought in my youth like uh i can't be like a video game programmer because i, I mean those those jobs weren't like really popular or, or like advertised and there wasn't like a lot of them so then i i started to go into programming um, because that logic and the computer stuff interested me and i always thought man i can't do video games because it's like a job for grown-ups and it's like a big thing and you need like a big company and yeah and i'm in germany so all the video games i play are from the us or from japan so there's no video games here i had no idea and so i i was a programmer for for a very long time and um and i I always, but I always loved games. I always played games, and 
um, yeah, I, I think like eight years ago or something or seven years ago, I decided to to learn um, uh, music mixing because I'm also like a huge fan of very different styles and types of music. Yeah. And I wanted to explore more in that space and maybe do it as a hobby and maybe make some make some tracks myself. And I really like that. But as I as I told you, like, that's where I find out like not the mixing or like not the music was was my interest, but the sound design and like shaping sounds, changing sounds. And yeah, and then I got into into this modding project and the Skyrim modding project um, called Skywind that's recreating okay. uh, Morrowind and Skyrim. And Morrowind was one of my favorite games as a teenager, so I was like all into that. Yeah. And I just um yeah I just like sent my my first sound exploration stuff in like hey this is what I can do can, <laughs> I, can I like take part in in this project and yeah. Then I've been doing that for a few years and actually then becoming like the team lead for the sound effects team and like. Um, yeah, worked worked on that a couple of years, and uh, yeah, from then on out it started, and then I branched out into other companies, and now I'm like doing sound design um, as my own like little company, um, still on the side, but it's, it's getting more and more, and um, yeah, since um, since about six months or seven months now, I've been working for 3D Realms, which was like a childhood dream of mine, so. Um, now working on a, a nice indie type game um, called Combustion, which is like from the PlayStation One area style. Um, it's yeah. like a mixture of Metal Gear Solid and Final Fantasy VII, and all those great ideas put into a new format, and with a, with lots of like retro callback and with a great engaging story. And yeah, so I'm very happy. So I'm now I'm I'm not only playing games but making games. So that's oh, that's perfect. my status. You you answered my you answered my follow up question was how did which of how did how did it lead to uh, how did you find yourself in the world of three D uh, or not three D I was thinking for some reason <laughs> you were just talking about that thing I was like my brain was going three D uh, <laughs> how did that and that's how you found your way into the world of like you know making sounds for games yeah yeah and, absolutely and, and doing you know, sound designing games and. And I think that's like, it's 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 a weird thing to say that I think some it, it benefits people. Uh, I think the industry to have more like, hey, I'm just a sound designer of, of for hire, you know, or mm-hmm. not like uh, so strictly working at studios, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like uh, uh, working for companies, kind of like drifting from project to project, which I feel like in a lot of other art fields, people usually do drift from like, project to project it's like not a company every time you know yeah yeah exactly and that's also like the way i'd like it to be because um yeah as you also talked about before with with karina um like those uh, cycles of developing games for seven or eight years that's not really something that interests me i'm, I'm right. more interested in those like smaller projects i mean i could also see myself taking part in in those longer form projects but then um most of the time for those games um, it, it starts to change, uh, fortunately, but um, a lot of the time it was like the game is almost finished. Now we need sound for it, and then you get a sound designer on board that's just plucking in sounds there. Yeah. But where it's really fun, especially in the indie scene, is where you talk together with all the developers and you're a part of the team and you inform each other's decisions. And so maybe you make a sound and then someone makes an animation based off that sound, or someone designs a creature and you make the sound and then they change it and then you change it and then like you you create something really together and something really grounded in in like a creative process yeah and um yeah i feel that's getting more and more and better and better and 
you can even see that in like in the big movies um dune for example is, is one of my favorite new movies that came out and there it's like the sound team was right at the beginning when they were still like changing the script they were involved and in the process and there's even this one part that the sound of the worm was there long before the uh, vfx was there so they talked with the director and with everyone about how the worm should sound and how it's physically like structured and then they created that sound and then they made the animation out of that and that's why it all sounds so intense and i mean uh yeah it's it's one of the best sounding movies ever so if you haven't seen dune and no, you like I, that sound I, um, yeah i, I really I've, recommend it i've only seen the original uh yeah <laughs> that every original. one that Lynch one I saw uh, that that documentary of Yodorovsky's Dune. Mm. Oh yeah. Okay. Which is kind yeah. I of... mean, it's yeah. It's all it's all crazy stuff. I mean, but yeah. the, the new one I I had like medium hopes, <laughs> but then um, I mean, Dennis Neville, the the director, did some great stuff with like with the other films he did. So um, I was hoping like it 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 would have been like a, at least a decent movie, but I was blown away. Like especially, I mean, of course because of the sound and that that was like the main main drive for me but you could really tell it was it felt so immersive and afterwards i watched the documentary and they talked about that they gave essentially the sound team um the the brief that it should sound like a documentary and like not it's not a science fiction film it's like you put a documentary crew on arrakis on the dune planet so how would that sound like yeah that's why you have such such interesting choices and such interesting sounds and yeah ah. it's yeah, blown away, and I'm I'm so looking forward to the second one and uh, listening cool. to it in the theater. Yeah. Oh, perfect! Oh, perfect. Uh, um, so and when and you, that's actually a perfect encapsulation of the whole segment, which we are at the end of Ben. Uh, glad to have you on the show. Glad you. I like that form is like listen uh, to find people outside of uh, direct indie apocalypse is trickier because I have to look them up and then I'm like, do they even know what this is? So glad you filled out the form. Glad you're here. Uh, it is a great way to just sort of like, I w this whole show is the idea of like getting a bunch of people in rooms together. And I'm glad you're like, Hey, can I come in this room? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Thanks. Thanks for having me. And I'm, I'm, I'm really like, um, yeah, as I said, just blown away and looking forward to checking, uh, checking out on all the episodes I've missed so far. So. Uh, oh well, you've missed 111 so far. <laughs> yeah, so I, I'm gonna have to pick and choose probably because yes. sound is my daily work. So at some point, my ears are just <laughs> done. Yes, yes, and I I uh, run long <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> but uh, I I like to, this show is a very I like to think it's a very in the moment. It's it's for us four here hanging out, uh, yeah. and then sometimes people listen to it during and after the fact, uh, but. Speaking of us four, we're going to get to that fourth person in a second, but I want to thank you again before we go on break, and then I'll be back in like a minute 51, give or take. Uh, goodbye. Hello, and welcome back to Indiepocalypse Radio. That was Die in Vain. Yes, with Desperate to Piss. I was like, did I, I wonder, I was worried about flipping the in and the two there for a second. Died, but then died of vain, I guess does make little sense. Though desperate and pissed sometimes makes sense. Who knows? Anyway, uh, song names aside, we are here with our next guest, who you may know from issue 41 of Indiepocalypse, the newest, the freshest stuff. We got 
uh, th- we got the new crew here uh, with Boss Fight. She loved you. Uh, it's Lily Dietrich. Hello. Lou, how are you doing? I'm doing great. That's, just, that's a question I like to ask. I'm startled to have it reversed on me. <laughs> uh, no, no, that's like, like, why do I say that at the beginning of everything? And it's kind of like, uh, it's my word to say that I'm talking to somebody. It's like, we are initiating conversation now. Hello. Uh, that's, I, that's how I start every interview. It's, it's the it's works at job interviews sometimes. Yes. <laughs> I've done very few of those, uh, fortunately, but unfortunately, depending on how you look at it. But, yeah. Uh, important question off the top. I got to ask. I'm so, whoa, no, I moved the order around too much on accident. I clicked on it. Uh, I, I'm so desperate to ask the question. I haven't been able to ask you yet. Uh, Lily, how did you hear about Indiepocalypse? Uh, I, so before I actually got, to, I still do this, but I, yeah. I, before I was on Twitter, cause I thought Twitter was dumb. And then it's like, oh, well, if you want to be yeah. a game developer, you have to have a Twitter. And it's like, okay, I'll have a Twitter. I yeah, don't it, like that, that use is... it meaningfully. But uh, before I did that, I put a bunch of people's Twitter feeds in an RSS feed. I just have like an RSS stream of like okay. everyone that I follow. And so it popped up there. I have no clue who right. <laughs> ended up putting it in there, but it, it ended up in there at some point. And then I, I submitted a game I did to the issue, and then you put it in the issue, and that is now we're here. And it's the uh, that is the the first. T- uh, t- a lot of people have come to it through Twitter, but through a personal RSS feed that is a Twitter thing. The first time that has happened, though, it's a it's a good version, I think, to a good way to use Twitter. Yeah, well, and I I I put like YouTube channels and stuff. It's just a giant RSS feed because you yeah. can put like every website supports RSS. It's yes. weird that every website supports RSS, but they all still do. Um, and so I get like the news through <laughs> the same thing that I get like YouTube recommendations for people who subscribed because we learned how to do RSS in like a Java class, and I yeah. wrote like a stupid little program to do that. And then I'm like, I'm just gonna keep using this forever. And then I kept using it forever because I didn't like have social media. Now I still only kind of have social media. So it's like, it's like I, I don't like the, the algorithmically getting content stuff. Yeah. Because yeah. it's like, I, well, because it's there to make you mad. And so right, it's like, yeah. well, I don't want that. I just want to get everything from the people who are saying things in order of when they said the things. And so yes. I have it set up to do that, which is much nicer, I think. Yeah, I the the people who use the For You feed are oh, true, the truly <laughs> mad. Um, like I like I I will delve into it occasionally because I'm fascinated by it because it, it is it's like you said it is. It is for making you mad, or it is for like, like engagement content. It is like, uh, it it is the stuff that is. For, it's a place for posters, you know. People who presumably do things, but I don't think they do anything else except for post. I guess technically those are considered influencers. Um, yeah, I'm 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 baffled. But and then you go on Twitter, and it's like, well, what's at the side of the screen? Oh, it's what's trending and what's trending is always just people yelling at each other and so it's like okay yeah i don't think i need to interface with the twitter application itself i think we can just keep using the rss feed and i technically have a twitter but yes i i i am the same uh like two and a half weeks out of the every month and then i charge myself (laughs) over there to promote indiepocalypse and then i'm like well I'm done with that thing. I, I, I keep it there because I feel like I'm 
you know, it's just business obligations, but I usually get very tired. I look and I get very tired. I'm like, why am I looking at this? Yeah, that's that's kind of been my experience with social media in general. Yeah. So I well, and the other thing is like, I like vaguely understand how this stuff works. Yeah. So it's like it's so like I it's like well, what? Because you can just look at it. Like Facebook has a number of documents they put out. It's like well, what do people look at? And it's like well, it's the stuff that makes them angry. And it's like so they know. <laughs> so why am I going to interact with the system that makes you angry? Why would I willingly do that to yeah. myself? Like it's it's a box to make you angry. That's all right. it does, and so I I don't I don't understand it to be honest. But it works. It makes the money. It's just not my favorite way to make money. No, like <laughs> I I feel like it's vaguely unethical. But that's I probably shouldn't be saying things like that. I'm going into software development. I'm there's not a lot of jobs in software development that aren't vaguely unethical. But you know these yes, things happen. Yes, right. Well, listen, there's, there's a lot of jobs that are questionably ethical everywhere. So <laughs> I hear not you're in pleasant company there, which is to say a person who has to do a job for a living. Um, but yeah, that that is very much like, you're right. Is, is this, uh, I don't care much for social media. I wish, <laughs> uh, this is how I, pre- how I prefer to, uh, interact with people, which is I invent a radio show and invite them onto it, <laughs> uh, <laughs> once a week. And that's, that's my social interaction. Uh, I guess I guess I, I understand how for some people it's like oh this is how I met friends but I'm like you can just talk to them privately though uh, yeah if if Twitter goes away there's there's like eight million ways that you can just talk uh, a friend group used to use to use Facebook a secret Facebook group and now uh, none of us even have Facebook accounts I don't think <laughs> but yeah it's it's texting is texting and email are really the ways that we set up for that because there's no way for like a company to come by and go like oh we're gonna mess this up really bad like it's email it can't get it's gonna be the same forever because it's been the same since they invented the internet there's not like much you can add to it yeah so that's what i tend to use but it is like that's the I, I wonder that constantly when people go, oh, no, how am I going to if Twitter is no use? Well, how am I going to contact people anymore? It's like, what about email? <laughs> it still works. It works. It's like RSS. It still works. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm fascinated that RSS still works. I'm fascinated that anyone bothers to support RSS because I've never met anyone who uses RSS. Right. Like like. Like I and I, I get that I also go to college with a bunch of other like twenty year olds, so it would be weird if everyone else was using RSS. But yeah. like, never. It's also really weird that they taught RSS, right? That's because right. like I learned about RSS when they taught us how to implement RSS in Java. That was a weird thing to teach. I I'm just now realizing. Yeah. Except that was about generalized software architecture stuff, but it's still fascinating that they taught that in the yeah. first place i wonder if it's just like it's either like a holdover or it's just like this professor is like no i think rss is still good so i'm going to teach keep teaching it to people oh it's 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 not the professor because the oh. professor doesn't write the curriculum it's it's like, like it's like a, a the curriculum's like on our campus's website and then it's like a very generalized thing because every campus because it's I, I go to like a state college so they have yeah. a bunch of 
like offshoot campuses, all of them have to have the same material for computer science stuff because computer science stuff is actually like weird to teach in a number of ways. And so they're they're trying to standardize it as much as possible because it is extremely difficult to tell if someone is learning computer science properly. And so it's, it's a really good program. I feel like I've learned more in it about game development than I have in any game development class or tutorial I've ever seen. So like, it, it's it, it's valuable to learn the generalized stuff, I think, more so than learning the engine-specific stuff, because the engine-specific stuff fades. That That's going to change with time. Unity's already... I mean, everything I learned about Unity for back in the day is, like, different now. <laughs> right. But all right. the C-sharp stuff is the same. Yeah, yeah. So if you just learn uh, C-sharp, you could, like... You'll get by probably far enough, you know, or it's easier to pick up the Unity details or... Any other thing that uses C sharp or a C sharp adjacent language that you can teach yourself. But speaking of right. speaking of games, I mentioned at the top that you made a game. Tell me about uh, uh, boss fight. She loves you. That, what, yeah, what is that it? is. <laughs> yeah, that's a question I've been asking myself because yes. it's. Uh, oh wait, actually, before we start, I have a question. When yeah. you opened the first door, did you die immediately? I did certainly, and then I yes. learned my lesson. <laughs> yes, that's that happens to every playtester, and I refuse to change it. That's great. I love that that happens every time. Yeah, every single time they die on the first door, it's like such a weird way to teach that because it. But like, that's also what happens is like Mario, like the first Super Mario. It's what happens when you die to the first Goomba. Right. It's like, right. oh yeah, that's <laughs> how you how do you teach people? Well, you just hit them really hard, and they'll learn. <laughs> Yeah, it's not like yeah, because it's not like you have to redo the entire uh, game again. You just, you just, you know, you're right back in there. You give it another go. Right. That that the the game is so weird. It like stops being. I don't know. I assume you got stuck on either level one or two because everyone gets stuck on either level one or two. Um, did that did that happen? I believe so. Like I will. Uh, here's an indiepocalypse secret. Sometimes I'll see a game it is, and it'll be like eight hours long, and I'll be like, "I'm very busy," but I can usually <laughs> tell that um, if something vibes with Indie Apocalypse and vibes with me from like a first an initial hour or so, uh, and I'll be like, "Yeah, that's that's good stuff." I'll get to, back to finishing it later. <laughs> so oh I, yeah, I, that's that's not a condemnation or anything. No, yeah. There's most people get stuck on level like. My dad hasn't beat the game yet because he got yeah. stuck on the office level. And it's like, yeah, that's what's supposed to happen, kind of. It's like, I, I, I make my games like really difficult for some reason. And I, I don't, I'm not sure why I do that, but I do do that. And yeah. I'm going to continue doing that forever because it's my, like, I I play like Kaizo Mario hacks okay. for fun. Right. So right. it's, that that's environment i'm coming from and so it's like yeah you know i like it when a game is difficult in a way that's not fair or enjoyable like that's <laughs> okay my yes. vibe i i'm going through um uh after after this show even after i get food i'm gonna go back into kingsfield 2 i'm going through like a a, a from soft uh, chronological dive <laughs> oh I've been playing Elden Ring, but it's the only FromSoft game I've oh. actually played because I played Elden Ring, and then people are like, "Well, this one's harder than Dark Souls," and it's like, "Well, I'm I'm not going to go back and play Dark Souls then if this yeah. one was harder than Dark Souls." If you want, like, because <laughs> yeah. Elden Ring wasn't that hard, and right, so it's right. like I don't. 
and I, I hadn't played any games of that type yet. It's 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 cool. Um, I I didn't do the armor thing. Like you're supposed to put armor on your character, but then I. I, I didn't like that the character looked dumb yes. when they were wearing the armor. <laughs> so I just was like, I just wore whatever looked the coolest for the whole playthrough. And then it's like, and then I looked it up and it turns out armor's not even that good. So it's like, I don't understand why they would design the game so that if you have the best stats, you look dumb. Yes. That's a weird decision, in my opinion. <laughs> that is uh, fashion design in game, or like fashion equipment, like <laughs> you know, maximizing your invisible fashion stat uh, is an approach to games. And I think about sometimes, like, uh, I don't want to change this character's armor because it looks stupid now. <laughs> yeah, no, that's I. I fully will take any debuff so long as it makes my character look cooler. Right, right, which is really a, a fascinating thing to do and it's, it's also why i don't like the thing people say where it's like well you know this game has microtransactions but they're just cosmetic and it's like well i play the game for cosmetics i like cosmetics You're right i'm <laughs> not going to play the game if the microtransactions are just for cosmetic stuff that might as well it's the same as if it's gameplay stuff in my yeah. mind like it's like right. it's the, the cosmetics aren't not important you know yeah yeah because th that's in, in playing these FromSoft games, I get uh, a crusade I'll go on one of these days. Is I think we, we define game genres too much by their gameplay style uh, and not, like, mm. their vibe enough, I guess, if that makes sense. They're not, like, their, like, the whole package. So we'll say, oh, this game is this way because this is how you play it. But, like, Meat Boy is not the same thing as Mario, even though they're both platformers. Oh. Uh, yeah, I, I actually think I'm I'm of the opinion that we should just be taking movie genres and applying them to games. Yeah. Um which has been which has kind of unfortunately been my approach. I think the only genre that I actually can put my game in is Yaoi, which is like it's a book <laughs> genre. That's not yes. an actual like it's technically a tag on itch.io, but it's a weird one for a third-person shooter to right, be. Right, right, right. You want one expects a visual novel, a tr more traditional Renpai a visual novel to be in there, uh, kind of like uh, the video game extension of a book. <laughs> yeah, I, I front-loaded it instead with uh, with like an hour and twenty minutes of in in and intentionally not fun third-person shooting. Yes, uh, where the the conceit is like your character is like at work and so it's like oh well you're doing the stuff you do in video games you're fighting a monster but they're at work so they're <laughs> not like enjoying it yes and then I... like it, it, uh did you did you get to the part in the i do a thing where i just will hard cut to a conversation that's happening on break if you've destroyed enough of the enemy i believe which so. is such I'm, i did get pretty far uh, relative, you know, relatively speaking, I believe, um, within that, it, within it, that large building. Oh yeah, the, the 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 office level was actually the one of the first levels I designed too. Yeah. So it's like not great, which is it's not the order you're supposed to do things in. But I literally developed the game like mostly in the order that it happens in, which yeah. is you're supposed to go opposite. You're supposed to design the first level last. Is the 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 thing but i i did the third person shooting stuff first i was actually at my college had like a research 
colloquium thing where they like show off undergrad research, which meant like there were people showing off like peer reviewed cancer research that they wrote. <laughs> and I was here with the video game. <laughs> yeah. You know, video games have their, their important place within the peer review field, of course. Uh, it's so weird that they let me go to that, but yeah. um, I think they removed me from the website too because the <laughs> game came out and it's like, oh, this description says it's Yowie. Maybe we don't need to be advertising yeah. this on our school website, but I have pictures to prove I was there. <laughs> yeah, somebody somebody clicked on somebody's like, well, what does this Yowie word mean? <laughs> and like, uh, obviously, I was only showing off the third-person shooter segments right, right. Uh, at the actual event because that would be weird otherwise. But um, it's it's very funny that I got to go to that. But um, it's the other thing is that it just stops being a third-person shooter in Act One, like halfway through Act One. Just okay. it just stops. Yeah. That never comes back, which is a weird design decision. And there's like. A number of other things it does where it just like becomes a different like just becomes a game of a very specific genre for like a bit and then those mechanics get completely abandoned forever um which is a weird way of doing game design but it's the thing that i do yeah and i'm not going to I, I i take a very maximalist approach to uh art uh which is vaguely insufferable but it, it it's it's <laughs> I, I like it anyways, because, well, um, like... <laughs> yeah. No, I'll, I'll tell you another game that it took that design approach, a Final Fantasy VII. <laughs> Maybe you've heard of it. <laughs> I think that worked out pretty well for it. Yeah, yeah. I... I I've, is that... They, they remade that recently, didn't yeah. they? I've been, I've, I've been meaning to play that, but that I, I don't have a lot of time, because yes. I take the approach to game development that I do. Right, right. Um, you, you're a student and also do game development and also have to live a life. Yeah, there's... You have to really carve out very specific time if you want to actually play games. Um, yeah. Uh, no, also, that... uh, I've been playing Elden Ring and then every time I do that, I like feel bad about it because I'm wasting my time. <laughs> right. There's... Uh, the the I, that is a, that is a sentiment that I've found in terms of like when people say they're like when I've met when I go to like more art events and people are like they're not gamers uh, the reason for it is more something like it, it's they is that lifestyle approach or like that time wasting approach you know they're like oh I'm not into this because it takes forever or uh, yeah yeah I, it's like I'm gonna I'm not gonna spend eighty hours on just to play one video game it is weird how long AAA games have gotten uh the most recent one that wasn't elden ring i played was probably far cry 5 or the one after that and those games just like take forever but it yeah. doesn't feel like it needed to take forever when you play right. <laughs> like i feel like far cry 5 could have been six hours long and it probably would have been a better game for being six hours long yeah, there's like uh, the 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 explosion of the side quest that every game has side quests, you know. Uh, yeah. Oh my gosh. And object- I, I. Oh, you go. No, no. Was, I was just saying, in objectives and crafting, and 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 a lot of it is like not very good, or it's like fine. <laughs> yeah. No. It's it's and that's the. 
the Ubisoft design is that thing, which yeah. is I've I've played so many Ubisoft games, and I don't know why, because I'm always disappointed by uh, them. I'm someone um, who at I've... one point in my in life, uh, when I was a younger man, collected all the feathers in the second Assassin's Creed. You know, sometimes you just oh my gosh, you just do stuff like that. You know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I've I I don't do the collectibles usually. Usually, I just mainline the story quests and then uh, quit because I I I can't. I I don't understand collectibles in games. Yeah. I like I just I don't get them because they don't like ever do anything for the character. And when they do something, it's always like, well, it's a hundred identical collectibles, and then you collect fifty of them, and we give you a thing. And it's like, why not just put the thing in a chest somewhere yes. and let me find it <laughs> instead just... of finding the 50 whatevers first like that's i think that's why i like elden ring because they literally do just put all the things in a chest somewhere and yeah. then you get the item that is there's very like... little like uh, collect all this nonsense to get a whatever that's exclusive it's like well there's the one currency and you can use that to buy some things or you find weapons yeah, that I think that is a a kind of like a through line of like FromSoft design philosophy of like they, it's like they dipped their toe in this sort of um, v- open world video games. But I mean, a lot of their games are always like open world in a way. Um, yeah, yeah. But I also realized like that's why they have their weird shoulder like controls and attacks and everything. Um, because I was like, oh, I was playing Kingfield, Kingsfield. I'm like, oh, right. You, there's no left-right analog stick movement. It's all all the rotation and looking is on the shoulders. So, uh, oh, weird. And and it's the same way in Armored Core, like their mech series. It's like it's all in the shoulders. So I guess in if you're playing a FromSoft game, of course you're fit. You're you're uh, you're uh, proficient in shoulder control. Uh, so, oh, is that why all the attacks take? Is it is it because they make mech games? Is because like all the attacks take like forever to do? Yes, and so you yeah. like hit the button and then it. Oh, that that makes sense, but that's so weird. Yeah, they they come from a very like a deliberate. It's I I'm get I love kind of going back to, I'm trying to get into uh, games that play bad, <laughs> which is uh, uh, it's a mean pejor. It's not really that, but it's more like game like you know. Uh, games that feel uncomfortable at first uh but then you realize you adjust very quickly because they're very intentional designs and uh it's like they're meant to be played <laughs> uh, mm. so there is a lot of like deliberate animation to them and like uh uh there's deliberate control and all this stuff and i think we're the uh, games are are moving a little bit towards a little bit too far towards like uh this idea of correct design and I'm like, no, there is no correct design. Yeah. I, I, I definitely don't subscribe to correct design or yes, I wouldn't no. have done any of the things that I did. In no, this game. It's, yes. It, it, it was a treat. And that's why I'm like, yes, this is the stuff like, uh, uh, of like it's, it's the reason I make indie apocalypse, you know, it's so <laughs> stuff like boss fight can be in it. Uh, yeah. I, I, I think making, Having read Tractatus Logico Philosophicus, the the Wittgenstein, his his first work that's not the one he's famous for because he's famous for philosophical investigations, yeah. which was the one that was actually correct. But TLP is more interesting in my opinion, primarily because it's not correct in a number of ways, but some ways it is. So it's like yeah. weird and confusing, and you have to think about it. And he's trying to reduce all 
Like, like he's trying to reduce the basically the universe and like all of philosophy down to math logic, which is such a weird thing to be trying to do. Because he was with um the, the it, it, he was with the early logical atomists like Bertrand Russell and the uh, there there were other ones, but those are the two main ones. Yeah. But um, it's it's he was he was a part of that early school. And so I like I I I sort of built a lot of the game. Like just sort of assuming you've read that, which was not smart because not I don't know how many people have actually read that, but it's like it just sort of expects you to do that. And that's not smart or good game design in any capacity whatsoever. It's not even really good story design, but it does make it more interesting. Yeah. And that's really what I try and do. Yeah, I think that's what's I I I think we need in art is the artist individual eccentricities you know uh more than like uh, something that you think everyone i would like it i always prefer like to be confused but in a way that like i feel like i'm just like somebody's bringing something to the 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 art that i don't know and and that's why i'm i feel lost on this point not like you know i'm lost because it's confusing if that makes sense yeah yeah, no, it's it's definitely better to just be like, yeah, there's something they're doing something. I I love I love art when I I see it and I like I can't tell exactly what they're doing, but I know they're doing something. Yeah. Like I I know it's based on something, but I cannot for the life of me tell what. Um, which is it's it's I don't know why I like that because half the time I don't like understand it completely. Yeah, and then I have to like Google it, and that's always fun because it's like research. But you have to do it for a book, and I I love I love it when that happens. Yeah, uh, like people will bring up weird historical stuff, and it's like I have no clue what you're talking about. Let me Google some things, <laughs> and then it's like you know it's like tricking you into learning. Yeah, like listen. Uh, an art of and a piece of art you like the context for is just another piece of art you get to experience to get that context. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's it's all it's or you just see that it's per, that perspective shift is that Linda Berry comic all over again picking up the babies and looking at paintings. Uh, oh, I love that comic. Yeah, yeah. I, I talk about it constantly on this show because it's such a perfect uh, encapsulation of like looking at art, uh, like learning how to view art differently. Uh, but and and this show is nothing about if nothing, uh, but teaching gamers to view art differently, uh, <laughs> or indie apocalypse in that genre. But Lily, we're gonna take a break. Uh, cool. Our our time flew by here, like it does with <laughs> these segments. Uh, uh, glad to have you here. Uh, you know, it's good to be on the show. Glad to have you on the show in the zine. Uh, uh, sorry, I curse you to, <laughs> perhaps curse you to making a social media <laughs> handle. Uh, oh, it's. I was probably going to end up doing it anyways because yeah. it's like because it's you have to. the thing. Yeah, yeah. it's and it's, it's how game developers meet each other. And I'm like in Ohio, so right? I don't have a lot of game developers in the general vicinity of me in any I, capacity. I went to Ohio so once, like, twice actually. Oh, you shouldn't. I went there twice. It's not good here. I, I went there. I went to Dayton and I went to Columbus. Uh, oh, that's the second one is where I go to school. Oh no, no, that's wrong. I went to Akron. Oh, uh, I don't go to school in Akron. I, uh, I, also, I went, to, I went to Akron in Columbus. I don't. I don't remember what the deal with Akron is. I don't remember what the deal with most places is. Right. Ohio's kind of. It's just. It's mostly just farms yeah. and like the worst suburbs you've ever been to. Where if you go <laughs> slightly out of the suburbs, but like not 
still technically in the range of the suburbs. There's always like a miserable little town with one gas station. And if uh, you go yeah. there late at night, someone will threaten to kill you. And that's Ohio. Ah, perfect. I went to, <laughs> I did a show at a museum in Akron. Uh, it's probably oh, my, that's fun. It's probably my favorite show I've ever done because they paid me money. <laughs> and they also, oh, yeah, that's always good. And they also paid me, uh, uh, they paid me, what's, what's the word when you get paid for travel? Like I paid for travel. Uh, uh they, well. they like comp your travel time or yes, something. Yes. I thought there was a word. For, no, I was thinking of per diem, but they didn't give me a per diem. Uh, oh. I wish they did. But anyway, uh, f- we can talk all about the joys about Ohio, but we're going to go on break first and we'll <laughs> be back in like uh, two minutes and 58 seconds. Uh, goodbye. Welcome back to Indiepocalypse Radio. Uh, that was Self-Defense Family with Slavish Devotion to Form. We are here with two-thirds of our guests. Uh, ben had to leave the the curse of, you know, not being a USer and it being later at night when you were in Europe. Uh, but Karina and Lily are still here. Hey, welcome back to the show. Hi. Uh, Hello. I, I got a question here that I, I, keep, I forgot to ask because it's not in the my question form anymore, but I still like to know. Uh, so I'm going to, Oh, I'm like, why did it show up? Cause I was in incognito mode. Uh, that's why I couldn't see my responses, but I, and the question is, uh, I need to know, do either of you have a favorite Toho character? Uh, Oh gosh. I don't think I remember any Toho characters. <laughs> no, this is not a, a question with a correct answer. It is. Uh, often goes unanswered. It uh, will have to go unanswered. <laughs> I like. I don't even know. Okay. What? So. I I mean I like I, I'm on the Wikipedia page now and yes. like I I I've like watched some of these anime but like I don't I don't know. That's perfectly fine. That is. Uh, oh uh, wait, are you looking at the? Are, are, are you oh, looking right, at the right. Wikipedia page for the it's it, the the Bullet Hell series of yes. video games? Uh, is the one I don't know what that for. is. Okay, then yes. I have no idea what that is. Okay, I've got a pronunciation. See- I thought you were like I was like uh, I like Spy Family. Yes. Yeah. Uh, no, I need to hit that. Pron- <laughs> I need to hit that pronunciation better. Uh, it's like Toho. They're like there's a U at the end of each of them. Yeah. I've no. never seen this in my life. Oh, this is cool. Okay. Yes. It uh, Toho is very cool. Uh, uh, it's basically a bullet hell series, but it's also like uh, it encapsulates the indie spirit, you know, where people can just like you could make a Toho game tomorrow and release it on. Yeah, Steam. they have that weird licensing thing. Yeah, where you could just like do that, and the people won't sue you. Yeah, the guy Zune is like fine with it. <laughs> so it's like this weird kind of. It's like people will say, uh, you know, Marvel and DC Comics are our shared modern myths, but Toho is our shared modern myth. Uh, Or the closest thing, if you really want to get all uppity about turning IPs into common myths or whatever. But, uh, oh, they made a video game. Oh, Cliffhanger. Oh, Cliffhanger, that fake Lupin game. Uh, Anyway, I'm going to close that Toho. The, The... T-O-H-O, Toho, Wikipedia page. Anyway. Toho, Shrine Maidens, Eternal Vampires. It's cool. I think it's neat. Uh, 
put that all I'll out of check the it way. out yeah uh if you're if you're not into bullet hells there's also a whole other world of uh cafe sims and visual Ooh. novels and card games and who knows what else but also the music is good oh yeah the music is very good <laughs> the music is great <laughs> stuff uh, if you're into that very specific type of, I think we were talking about this in the secret pre-recording section. But if you're into uh, what Toby Fox does, you'll you're into what Toho does in terms of music. But uh, anyway, anyway, uh, video games. We talked about video games. Uh, oh, those guys, Mario, huh? He he's been doing. He's been up to stuff. <laughs> what do you think about that guy? He's little. He's a plumber. Uh, I don't. I have no clue who Mario is. I've never. This is not. I'm not familiar with this. This is, okay. this is not a character ever heard of. <laughs> he's a. He's a little guy. He. He's like the prototypical little guy who runs around. Little guy runs around. Yeah. Uh. He sometimes has friends I, that he runs around with. Sometimes jumps. I, little guy yeah. jumps. I actually, the reason I got into game development was because of WarioWare DIY, which okay. I played when I was like eight. And I was like, oh, you can make little mini games. And then I'm like, I want to do this forever. And then I spent <laughs> like 13 years learning how to actually do that. <laughs> yeah, that is, uh, uh, my first touch with game design was uh, StarCraft. And you had, I was playing with like a little, because they have their map editors, but you can set a lot of like custom flags and triggers and all sorts of stuff. So it's oh like, yeah, I have a friend who does that. Like, he, like, like, because they they make all those like really complicated mini games in yeah. StarCraft. Yeah, it was even why like in the original one or StarCraft two. Um, I think the the new one probably. Okay. Yeah, because in the original, I think there was even like there was all sorts of like hacks for it, so you could do things that what the editor wasn't supposed to do. Oh, that's fun. Like, but you could. So there was. I think a lot about, I've probably mentioned this on the show before, but there was a version of it that was like Final Fantasy. And so like you would run around with a little uh, like uh, invincible character on the map. And then when you would run into different enemies on the map, it would zoom into like lock your camera into this corner. That is the battle zone. Uh, as if you were entering a random battle, then your characters would fight within that zone. And it was like, very weird a thing to be making inside of like a RTS, but they made it and it, like people made a lot of really weird stuff in that. I always love it when people use tools to do things that those tools absolutely should not be yeah. used to do. Like I, I was into, um, cause, cause I'm 21. So I yes. learned video games through scratch, which is like, do you even know what that is? Yeah. That's that MIT thing, right? Yeah, that's the MIT thing. That's how I like initially learned how to write code, which is, I don't know if it's a great way to initially learn how to write code, but it kind of worked. I'm in college for it, so right. but it, it it's people would do people still do stuff with that because because people now the game is like, well, what's the most complicated thing you could do with that engine? And they've not found a ceiling to that because people are doing like fully three D rendered games. But, like, the line renderer has to do it. So, like, you have to, like, draw the lines out and do all the matrix math. And it's like, oh, this is a lot of linear algebra in Scratch, a tool for seven-year-olds. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what else is a tool for seven-year-olds? Paint. 
there's like you know i think that's like the the ideal uh form of like game design and stuff which is like yes yeah, seven-year-olds could use this it is like accessible like almost immediately so then there's a lot of people finding finding what is the upper limit of of art you know of the medium and you go oh yeah. you can paint more than still life paintings huh Oh, speaking of paintings, I've been getting really into um, Anish Kapoor. Is I don't know if he did paintings indefinitely, but he's yeah. started doing paintings. They are so good. It's it's great because he's an installation artist, so he's not even yeah. like uh, a painter by trade. But he's so good. Right, he's he's the bean guy, right? Yeah, he's the bean guy. I love him. <laughs> yeah, there's. I want to I want to get more uh games in this this high art world that is like uh ultra abstract uh but like the thing is like I, and uh, I've said this before like for for as abstract as is like as much as people poke fun at like high art or whatever I think like when you get there when you get in front of it I think more people are like way more willing to engage with it than they think they are yeah, well, because people think there's, like, a thing that's supposed to, like, you're supposed to understand the art. Like, they look at it the way that you look at, like, a math problem, like you're right. supposed to solve it. And it's like, no, you just look at the thing and feel the emotions you're feeling. You can't mess it up. Like, you didn't, <laughs> yeah. it's, you can't look at a painting wrong. Like, people put all this pressure on it, and then they don't have fun at the museum. And it's like, no, you just look at the thing and then feel the thing you're supposed to feel. And if you're not feeling anything, move on to the next one. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Could you imagine leaving the MoMA and they give you a test? <laughs> <laughs> I find that like the, a lot uh, of my... Oh, oh, you go. Sorry, sorry. No, you go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, uh, I, I was just going to say that uh, I took a poetry class last semester. and The teacher said that the way that English teachers teach poetry is that they're like they teach students to try and solve the poem and that that's a really bad way of teaching poetry. And so that's like one of the things he was trying to undo. Yeah. I was going to say that like my students, um, like they have like a predisposition anti any kind of art that isn't like hyper-realistic, just like a person sitting on a chair and somebody else painted that person. Um, like even like I, I my favorite painting is called uh, the innocent eye test. It's like it's in the Met. It's my hand. Like, I think it's amazing. And it is technically a realistic painting, but it's like of a cow looking at a painting of a cow and like a bunch of scientists like watching the cow to see what the cow is going to do when it looks at the painting of the cow. Like, I love it. And I show it to my students and like even that, like they're immediately like, no, I hate that. Uh, <laughs> it's just like, oh, at least it like at least there's like some skill involved there. But they, like, they don't like the idea that like you can just feel something based on what you see, like just have an experience or not. And that that's right. OK. But Like they're like, no, I want to just see George Washington painted crossing <laughs> the Delaware or whatever. Right. <laughs> that's oh. it. I want to see, as he he's feeling nothing there. He just he's just crossing a river. Nothing else is going on there, <laughs> of course. Uh, just googled yeah. that painting. That painting is fantastic. Yes, yeah. that's 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 a great painting. That's such a that's such a weird idea for a painting. I love that. I know. I know. I like. I just like was like walking and came across it, and I was like, oh my god, I am the cow. I feel like the cow sometimes. Right. <laughs> I love it. And 
Yeah, I, I, maybe that's their problem, the unwillingness to be the cow. They they strictly want to be the scientist forever. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I've, I think I talked about this last week. I had this weird like change in recent years where I started to realize that all animals are also little guys going about their business, um, just like me, except I just put a lot of bullshit on top of it. And so, like, you know, like, oh, that bird's just doing their thing, uh, uh, their daily routine. And it's just like they're it's just like an abs like a step away from the self uh, to get intensely abstract about it. Maybe uh, I think it's helpful to, uh, you know, kill the main character in your brain. That is you. Uh, I mean, human beings are literally animals. Like, yeah, it's we're we have more complicated neurological structures and we're capable of higher thought that's substantially more complicated but it's like we're the same thing ultimately yeah, like it's yeah. it's the same classification of objects depending on how you divvy it up me, me going to work and doing my spreadsheets isn't too different than the squirrel coming to get his seeds every day yeah yeah that that, that parses i think yeah but yeah that is no i Oh, that seems like a true challenge sometimes. What, what kind of class do you teach, uh, Karina? Uh, I teach a bunch of okay. different classes. At this point, I primarily teach like programming and development, which like development being like a holistic, like right. you're going to be a solo indie dev in this class or like a small team and make everything in-house for your little game. Um, but I also sometimes teach like game studies, like writing papers, like talking more theoretically about games and stuff which is usually when this kind of conversation comes up because right, we try right. to make like connections to like other fields yeah and i think that is like i think you're running into the most direct <laughs> example of i think why uh games are so um they have such a a distance from some of the arts despite that they've been around for quite a while yeah and, and i think it is people coming from like this software problem solving kind of mentality uh yeah um, someone I know, uh, teaches like a history class and the way they, uh, sorry, not just any history class, a yeah. games history class right, right. and the way they start it kind of connecting back to like, we are just animals. It's a video of a dog playing a game. Like the dog has a ball at like a little Creek. It takes the ball upstream, puts the ball in the water, follows the ball down until it stops, picks it up, does it over again, over and over yeah. again. Um, and like in some ways like play and games are some of like the oldest things we've ever done yeah, yeah um and i think it's interesting to like think about them that way in addition to like the you know the really technical aspects of it that you can sort of get mired in yeah i had a moment but just yesterday where i was at work and i was spinning a large rubber bed on my finger just like idly while i was doing something and i thought is this like, am I like a cat playing with the toys just on the floor, basically? <laughs> I'm just like uh, this kind of uh, uh, unconscious sort of desire to play. And it's like, huh, wait yeah. a minute. Uh, and then, but we have the beauty of uh, abstracting art on top of it. But, you know, as we have a computer science major in the chat, of course, that is or the, the, the call. It is not um, obviously computer science uh, equate to I'm never going to engage with art. Uh -huh. 
Also, I'm a yeah. computer science major, but like half of the computer science majors I'm with do genuinely take the I'm never going to engage with <laughs> right, art right. approach. So it's like, you know, <laughs> yeah. I understand why there's a reputation for that. Yeah, there's it's a broad brush, but I'm not saying every computer science. Like, I think there are plenty of people who are. Uh, but I think that's that's why you have a large uh, why art games. If you if so, you know, quote unquote, uh, don't have that same kind of meaningful foothold like uh, art house is not like a uh, as strong a genre within games compared to other mediums, perhaps. Yeah, well, I I, I don't. I, is, are there any genres where like really experimental art stuff, art house stuff, is like the most popular stuff? No, Cause, like, no. <laughs> oh no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> but there's there's like there's room uh, still, I think uh, that. But I, I, maybe that's also because the medium's still young. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and it's, it's, it's like, we think about like, oh, well, you know, why haven't video games had their Citizen Kane yet? But like, at this point in the development of movies, movies hadn't even had Citizen Kane yet. Yeah. Right. Right. Like, if, if you go back and actually look at movies that were released before the point in time that video games are at now, assuming we start in like, the I, I think I usually put the point at like the early eighties. Um, right. We in theory we're still in like the very very early phases where like the best movies coming out are like Dracula. So like yeah, it it, it makes sense. I think intuitively why we're not there yet as a medium as far as like uh, broad artistic expression in art and like really powerful artistic expression in art. But also there's a lot of technical challenges in making yes. <laughs> a full video game. Like it's like just like stupid nonsense. Like I want the characters to hold hands. Good right. luck with <laughs> yeah, that. Right. right. But if you were to film that, just, Hey, you two people hold hands. Right. <laughs> Uh, so there's kind of a lot of stuff you get for free. It, 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 it's the thing that I always say is that the stuff that's easy to do in movies is the stuff that's the hardest to do in video games and yeah. vice versa. Right, right. Because like in video games, all video games are like, well, it's a giant robot that destroys 90 buildings. And that's not that hard to do. Um, but if you want to have two people like in a room talking to each other. Yeah. That is a miserable challenge. Right. And and the same way in film, I saw like when I watched that that first I say first, but there's like the first new Spider-Man and there was like a moment of CG. I was like, this looks bad. This looks so <laughs> out of place. Uh uh and uh video games are yet I uh, I know I'm not we're not the, we're not even up to Dracula part because for all the games we have all vampires. I've still not seen a little bee go into a coffin yet. And until we have little bees in coffins and vampire armadillos or whatever, <laughs> we will never truly reach Dracula level of Right. I think about that little I think about that little bee a lot. <laughs> <laughs> if you've never seen Dracula, at one uh at one point, you know, when he goes to Dracula's castle uh, the children of the night, what sweet music they make, you know, there's all these, the children of the night. And one of them is like a little bee and he has a little bee sized coffin. <laughs> I don't know why, but it's funny to me. That's amazing. Uh, also like I recently watched Bram Stoker's Dracula, uh, the, the, what's his face? How did I forget his name? You know, the guy Coppola Dracula and what a, what a, what a damn good looking movie. 
that's that's all I have to say about that. That's it. That, there, there was no end to that thought. I just think the costume design that movie is out of this world. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, sometimes there doesn't need to be uh, yeah. more thought there. Yeah, just like if you're if you're listening to this, just look up Bram Stoker's Dracula and just look at like the armor and just like any design of like that is in that movie, just like Dracula with his crazy hair, uh, just a visual splendor of a movie. But uh, I believe it won an Academy Award uh, for that. For we, I was actually talking to someone recently about this whole idea of like, you know, we have we have you know, gaming's Oscars, the Game Awards. Um, uh, I I don't think I understand the point of the Game Awards, to be honest. Uh, more places to put video game commercials. Yeah, advertisement. Oh, okay. <laughs> Now I've, I have actually haven't because I'm uh, been on cinema brained. I haven't watched the actual Oscars in a very long time, and not that I think I really did beforehand. But they don't have like trailers constantly during the Oscars, right? No, and also usually the movies that get, I mean, the movie that wins the Oscar isn't always good. But yeah. um, like usually it's like movies that like you look at it and go, yeah, it makes sense that this is here. Like right. Shape of Water, it made sense for that to get nominated. I, I don't remember if it won, but like it, it made sense intuitively. Like you look yeah. at that and go, yeah, that should be here. With the Game Awards, half the time it's like, what's here? And it's like Far Cry 5. And it's like, <laughs> why are you here at this event right why (laughs) it's a very like uh but no they bring out actors too though sometimes so you know they're serious like movies yeah it's it's it's, the game awards are weird to me uh uh, but but the the thing we noticed about it is that I, I was looking at the categories because I was doing this thing like I'm doing right now where I'm idly talking about it and I was searching it because I have two monitors and an overactive brain. Um, and I, I noticed that if you look at the winners, aside from the actors and the composers, it doesn't name any. There are no people's names on those awards. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's insufferable. And that's also and- like. It's it's like like you look at the games that won twenty twenty two, Elden Ring won Game of the Year. That's a good game. I don't think that I would call that Game of the Year because I I would call Game of the Year probably a smaller indie thing. Like right. intuitive. Like I know they put a lot of effort into it, but it's huge. But also past the halfway point, the fact that it is huge does not improve the experience. I just want the game to be over. And it's not like it's <laughs> right. it's so long for no reason. Yeah, that's 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 the weird thing. Like the the gamers association with like length. I mean, it's, also it's they good. have an award. They have an award for anticipated game. Yes, they have an award for game that's not out. <laughs> Could you imagine if the Oscars did that? <laughs> the most anticipated award goes to Asteroid City. Can't wait to see it next year. <laughs> <laughs> that is very funny. <laughs> you do not get to call yourself a real award ceremony if one of your awards is for a thing that's not out yet. <laughs> what what do we have the most hype for? Ah, Tears of the... It, like, that's... I mean, that's part of video games feeling very, like... 
uh, decided by commercial spending, you know? <laughs> like, also, one of them is family game, and that's a weird category. That's, like, that's not a category... Do the Oscars have like a best movie rated PG category? That's that feels weird, right? Right. Yeah, they, they don't. They have. Do they? I don't think they even have best family movie. What is? Let's go to the Oscars. Uh, <laughs> uh, not Oscars, the restaurant uh, uh, in Dedham. I'm looking for Oscars, the Academy. Sorry, the Academy Awards. Because uh, most of the awards for the Oscars are for like very specific stuff, like best supporting actor, but right. like the 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 score gets an award every year. Right, right. Uh, best direct. The, I mean, that's that's part of our conversation that we were having with that I was having with someone. Was like, there are, these are awards for people, largely. You yeah, know. like uh, production design, makeup, and hairstyling. You know what you don't see in like game awards? You you don't see stuff pointing out specific things. Like that, you yeah. like you don't see like oh well, the best use of algorithms. That I get that that's right. a weirdly specific one that you probably couldn't do because you'd have to decompile the games. But or, like, yeah. it feels like there should be stuff like that, like best VFX artists or something, or even something like, as broad as best level design. Yeah, or, or is there even a category for best soundtrack in the Game Awards? Their best sound design because there should so. be. I think those. That's the one where the person actually gets named. <laughs> Uh, uh, best audio design. Best audio design, and they have art direction, yeah. which went to Elden Ring, which is a weird decision, actually. Now that I think about it, why did uh, why did Elden Ring get art direction? It, I, I, I like the. Uh, I, yeah, I don't know. It had very good art direction, yeah. but I, it, it's, it's, I, I don't know if I would give it the best art direction of that year, since it was just doing the kind of like, well, we're gonna make the game look kind of realistic. Right, right. Like that's the that's the art direction there. That's the art direction of a lot of AAA games. It right. feels, it felt kind of similar to every AAA fantasy game. So it's like it's it's weird that it would get that. But yeah. also, I think it. I, I think people were very. I, how long did that game take to develop? Anyways, I I remember hearing someone telling me about that game before I knew what it was, and it's like, like that was like a while ago. So that game. People have been hyping that up forever, so I, I guess it makes sense that it would get a bunch of awards when it yeah. came out. Yeah, and and it's like a, the culmination of uh, Soulsborne design or whatever, you know. Yeah. Um, of all this FromSoft thing, and George R. R. Martin wrote stuff on it. Uh, uh, I don't entirely know what he did on that game, but he, he should have. He should have deleted uh, Horalu, which is the dumbest character. Yeah, just get rid of that one. Uh, oh, best debut indie. Uh, that's oh, they have a category for that. That's fun. Yeah, uh, best, which is like, I wonder if it's like the weird best new artist thing where it's like, uh, <laughs> their third album they win best new artist because it's when they when oh this is when they broke through to the mainstream a little bit. I feel like there is oh yeah they have a category for independent game and that went to Stray which makes sense. Yeah, yeah, that, that like was the, be like double a games yes you're right. yeah 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 the, the best new indie which is the one that goes to annapurna interactive every yeah. single year yeah i <laughs> mean yeah. um, in their defense though they write they did put blue 12 studio and annapurna on the credits they didn't just put annapurna oh, oh that's good <laughs> which is like a, a whole other issue where uh, publishers are kind of like but that but th that's the thing like how many of these people uh, survive like 
the the to make a second game you know yeah. uh, they kind of like make a game and then it becomes like so many people call them annapurna games you know yeah yeah they've definitely got a specific vibe that they go for uh, also uh, best content creator of the year when is the Oscar gonna have the best content creator of the year <laughs> i don't best... hopefully hopefully never i don't <laughs> Best film Best YouTuber. Best esports player. That's such a weird category. That's it's esports player. Yes. Yeah. That's it, insane. That that's a category for a, it's. Uh, this is the video game awards, and it's like we're also imagine if they had best movie goer as an award <laughs> at the Oscars. Right. <laughs> or, or even yeah, it's it's so very weird. Like, but I, you know, I don't think dice or like any of the other awards are even really that much better about this kind of thing. I didn't even know there were other awards, to be honest. There are, uh, but I, I don't think any of them are also like, like, oh, okay, so this is where you actually get technical awards, you know. And that's that's the well, weird. It's hard to do technical awards because you have to hire people who like know what they're talking about about specific fields, and right. that's that's always a mess it's it's easier to do for the oscars because there's so many people in it like finding someone who's qualified enough to talk about like very specific technical stuff in that context in video games is like not an easy task and most of the people who could do that are very busy all the time yeah yeah it is uh i was sorry oh i was just gonna say to speak to that I i was like looking at the process for how the game awards like selects yeah. their nominees and like they do have like a like a committee of like representatives from like microsoft and sony and stuff but they make a committee of quote influential game news organizations which i right. think that's a little weird like it's like journalists and writers are choosing them and they probably don't know a ton about like the sort of like technical and design and sort of like what is actually genuinely impressive for right. some of this stuff it's kind of I, I mean, I also think it's like <laughs> consistent with what the purpose of the game awards. Yes, yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it, it, it's it's very much extended PR, which yeah. I, not to be mean to games press. No, that's that's no. also like the. I the, love them. Oh yeah. The nature of the <laughs> industry like, has turned most games press into extended PR teams. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just because it's like if you don't talk about Elden Ring, you don't have a job. So yeah. Uh, yeah, a little bit fascinated by how both indie game developers and the press around video games and the people who work for AAA studios are just all getting just all in a bad position right now. Right. Like the whole whole industry is yeah. just like, what's going on? It's all messed up everywhere forever. And it's like, OK, cool. Uh, and it's it's entertainment too like it's it's not like this not happening with movies and stuff but it's movies have unions is the difference yeah Yeah, it's yeah i think uh uh yeah it's you know everyone is kind of like getting squeezed into nothingness but games didn't have a a good foundation pre-squeeze you know yeah the like I, I just peeked him. Like I know, like I know, it was like, was it every nominee? No. If you have uh, any feature film credit, you can apply to be to vote in the Oscars, the Academy Awards. So there's huh. like this Variety article from where is this? 2020 
uh, there were uh, 9,400 people eligible Oscar voters. Uh, so, wow. yeah, yeah. So you get like a much wider uh, slew of people. And I, and I wonder if that's part of why uh, I did look best, best performer and best score are the only ones in which a, a human being is credited as one having won. That is unfortunate. And it admittedly, yeah. well, I, I was going to say that, well, I was going to go like, oh, well, games are made by a lot of people, but movies are made by a lot of people right. and the Oscars yeah. does a good job crediting individual but, people, maybe not as good as it could in theory do, yes, but like yes. it, it gives a lot of awards to individual people for specific parts of the movie. Like there are awards for costume design. Yeah, there, there are still jokes about you know the unair technical awards where they give like uh, you know a million technical awards that never go on TV and don't get any focus at all. But at least like they exist. <laughs> That's something. Yeah. And I wonder how much of that is. Uh, uh, guild stuff like underneath it like how much of that is guild and union stuff where it's like these technically like you know i wonder if you know christopher judge here is a sag you know a uh, car carrying sag member or something so that's why he's like mm-hmm. no if i win an award for best performance as kratos uh, you don't give the award to sony you give it to me the guy who was mm. kratos and that sort of thing uh and then there's like it it does feel like it is uh, I remember there was one year where I was trying to look up, uh, or it might have been this year where I was trying to look at what I was talking about the game was like I was going to look up. Hey, let me look at the past future class, and I don't think you can. Uh, which is also what is that thing besides something you put in a tw- in your Twitter bio? Uh, it's it's that that's the other thing that feels very like uh, a lip servicey to me. Like it's a, it's, it's a, you know, those, those things you see from often, uh, organizations you've never heard about, but they want you to all submit people to this list, you know? Oh, uh, I have no clue. I'm very outside of any industry stuff. Yeah. It's, it's hard to, I, I see them occasionally. People would be like, vote for me for this thing that I've never heard of, uh, so that my name can go on a list on a website somewhere. Oh, like just weird, like small award ceremonies and stuff. Right, right. That seem to like I w- sometimes serve uh, the brand more than they serve. Like, I don't know, what do they do? Yeah. Like I, 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 I am unsure what future what future class does. Besides, make you uh, one of fifty photos on a page. I am also unaware of what Future Class does or is, and I've never heard of them. You, you're not I'm reading. Going to Google that now. You're not reading uh, people's Twitter bios enough. <laughs> it's like it's I very... <laughs> am not on. T- yeah, I, yeah. If you'll recall, I use RSS yes. feed. I don't. It, it's very like it reminds you of like thirty under thirty. You know. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm looking huh. at it now. It it just seems like a a thing to make the game awards cool and i'm sure many of these people like i know some of these people and yeah. they're really cool genuinely talented and awesome yes, people that's, um but that's that's part of my issue with it like these yeah are, yeah uh it, it feels more like you the, the game award is kind of co-opting uh, people doing interesting work to be like yeah look we put their Aren't name in their great? photos yeah, yeah. <laughs> now about elden ring yes <laughs> right right uh 
Well, thank you to our future class and he just zips all 50 pictures by real quick. <laughs> <laughs> no, yes, no. There is like at least uh, at, well, at least one Indiepocalypse contributor on this list even. Oh. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, there's like, uh, you know, like I said, Indiepocalypse is but a, a tiny part of people's uh, game design journeys. Um <laughs> It is the reason that I made more money than I was expecting to make on the game I made. Yes, yes. So that's that's the uh, uh, a scary thing that I hear more that I hear multiple times from people. The uh, figure I was using was that I assumed I would make about twelve dollars, yes. and I made substantially more than twelve dollars. I made yes. like almost a hundred. So that's like good for. I mean, it's it's better than I was expected to do, considering I was expected to be working for, like, completely free, and I was working for, like, you know, like, actual money that I can spend on things. Right, So that's right. cool. Yeah, uh, Indiepocalypse is at a point now where it's, like, it, it's at 20 up front, but it's, like, a soft 6-year 80 because of the, the helpfulness of the Patreon being, like, a very consistent amount of money, you know? So it is. It is nice to be like, hey, everyone gets uh, sixty bucks, which is not a lot of money, but you can buy pizza or something with that. Yeah, I have it. I think just sitting in my PayPal, and I plan to use it to buy video games at some point, probably. Perfect. Uh, yeah, and and now you can look forward to, as, as Karina can attest, once or twice a year, you'll get a six dollars for me on PayPal occasionally. Oh, that's uh, cool. Yeah, it one that. It happens very infrequently, but it does occasionally happen. Uh, I like the idea of royalties a lot. Yeah, no, royalties are always good when you can, like... Because it's, 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 that's the thing that actors... I, do actors get royalties? I, I've heard that they do, but I don't know if yes, that's actually yeah. true. That, that's part of uh, why I liked it, and, I, and I, I wanted to do the... I wanted so much to have royalties, is I remember I listened to... Uh, when I listen to podcasts, I usually listen to uh, L.A. comedy people podcasts, that sphere. And, and you know, between writers and actors, I've heard them occasionally talk about, like, getting their three-cent royalty checks or whatever from an episode of Just Shoot Me or something they did <laughs> once. But, yeah, that is – I mean, that's what the strike is about. It's about uh, – partially, partially. A part of it is that they're uh, changing the rules and stuff with residuals with regards to streaming. And that kind of thing. Oh, right. So they're like, basically, when by changing the rules, I mean giving them less. Yeah, I yeah. was like, as always, <laughs> right. giving them as little as possible. Right. They're like finding new technicalities in the contract to be like, oh, because it's just streaming, uh, you get less, you get less money now. I heard because... stuff like, oh, work nonstop for like two weeks, making like a six episode season. And then, uh, okay, you're paid, you're done. Right. I, that's it. Right, right. Because it is, they don't have the same syndication, like all the all that language around like syndication money and everything. Uh, it's a whole yeah. it's a whole other disaster industry, you know. <laughs> uh, for as bad as video games are, uh, every all other you know everything is bad. Yeah, everything. Uh, turns out there are fat cats everywhere looking to lap up all the milk. Oh. Uh, but uh, uh, that's also I've. My as someone who is a a, a cohabitant with a fat cat, I'll tell you, uh, there's there's nobody more con more beautifully content with their lot in life than a fat cat. 
<laughs> just just hanging out there and it's like I've got people to take care of me. I don't have to hunt. But anyway, anyway, uh, people ought to get more money. Uh, bold, bold stances here from. And you've, oh, speaking of bold stances, bold times. My God, two hours. Uh, uh, yes. Uh, I didn't. Now, now this is the part where I say I ought to wind the show down, and then it takes a while to wind down. But if I don't say that I'm going to wind it down, it will never get wound down. Uh, so I want to be. Uh, I definitely want to thank you both for being here. And uh, thank Ben for being here as well, although Ben had to leave earlier. But Lily and Karina, thank you both for being here. Uh, do you have any 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 last pressing thoughts, uh, matters, questions for anyone here? Perfect. Not uh, really. No, that's no, good. Uh, I'm gonna play Lily's game after this. Uh, I've never oh, seen it. Good it's great. Luck. I'm gonna do it. Yeah, good good luck with that. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> have fun getting stuck on level one or two, which is what every playtester does. <laughs> okay, cool. Looking forward to it. But but I <laughs> but trust me when I tell you, even that level one or two, you're like it, it is more than enough to be fully on board with yeah. that game, and like I'm uh, sold. Yeah, right. Sometimes you have to just like sit back and be like, I'll give. More games need to be more games need to push you away from them, and like you have to come back to them later, and like in a different headspace sometimes. I think uh, yeah, that's it's, it's definitely the vibe that I I go for because I, I again I play a lot of I, I, I oh I also got into I want to be the guy that, like hacks which yeah. is oh that's that is evil it's just it's always evil and right. it's it's kind of sort of the thing that I'm trying to do which is a weird thing to be trying to do but it's 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 other people are doing it at least so it's not literally just me making really difficult unfair games yeah no i the, the, the kaizo massacre kind of uh sub genre i've were i to make games occasionally it, it's some it's a thing that i'm fascinated with uh, i think there was a what's it called aries action i think is the name of it uh, it's like a it's like a Kaizo game, but it goes through like multiple genres. Oh, that's fun! Like it is is it's that Kaizo sort of uh, mentality, but it, it like it's there's like an RPG part at some point, though it is mostly mm. a platformer. It's neat. I uh, my game also has an RPG part at some point. We, <laughs> clearly, we are doing the same thing. Yes, yes, that's the. Uh, there, there, there's, there's so much like space for like design. Yeah, there is like, yeah, no, it is. I'm all for maximalist design, uh, and just kind of like games that do everything. And because... it also has an asteroid segment that is the worst. <laughs> it's entirely insta kill death lasers, but it's still like bullet hell attacks, and then you just sort of slide into the attacks because I've made the ship really floaty. It's like the worst. That's, uh, you know, uh, there. we need more uh, antagonist design occasionally, you know? My favorite kind of design. Yeah. When I yeah. hear designers say, this part of my game is the worst, I'm immediately like, I am so excited. Yes. I... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, what, before I before I wrote those two pieces uh, about your game, I made sure to read like your entire like post-mortem you had written about uh, 10 Mississippi. Uh, 
It'd be like, yeah, I want to also read this. So I want to make sure that I'm not just talking on my ass in some ways. And there is like, uh, and that it very much trades it to some extent in, in, in a different style of like antagonistic design, but like, uh, 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 maybe call it selfish design. Who knows? But like, yeah, I'm, I'm fine with that label. I'm good. Yeah. The, this <laughs> idea works. of like, uh, you're getting what I want you to get. Uh, yeah. Very okay, specific. I'm actually fascinated by this game. I'm going to also have to check out your game when I'm done yes. with this. Yes, hey. uh, I, I love it. I love the like indie. Everyone plays each other's games. Yes, indie pockets radio because this that's the cool vibe of like uh, local scenes and that kind of thing is people like just kind of checking out throughout each each other's stuff, you know. But uh, the internet can have a problem of flattening it to wanting to check out the things that people are talking about, you know. And it's harder to like yeah. check out like ah oh, this person's game that maybe not everybody is talking about, but it's like I want to check out. I listen to this person. I want to check out this stuff. I hope I'm obviously biased in that I want uh, people to check out the games in this. <laughs> That's kind of like why I do it because it's like uh, the games are good, and that ought to be enough uh, for you to be like yeah yeah I want to. And most of these games uh, don't take very long to play. Uh, some 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 uh, multi-genre <laughs> uh, odysseys aside, perhaps that may have a approximate length of five hours. But even like I, I would have done the word count, but I formatted my dialogue system so stupid that I literally <laughs> couldn't. Yeah, yeah. Like it's. I wrote, I wrote my own dialogue system for that game, and then I have a different dialogue system I wrote for the game I'm currently working on because the old one was so awful, yeah. but it was still better than what Unity tutorials will tell you to do, which yeah. is write all of your dialogue in the editor, which is, like, the worst ever way to do that. And so it's fascinating. Like, I've just been getting progressively better and better dialogue systems. <laughs> yeah, that is... <laughs> I've been, like, in the, in the tiny moments where I find a time to make games i've been just building out one tiny little system and like that's the entirety of that i do just so i you have it for later you know yeah yeah oh man i could talk about the dialogue system for way too long it uses um it uses so c sharp the yeah. lambda expressions or whatever they do they call them actions and then if you put an action like the name of an action after a line of dialogue and you have to throw that action into a, a static class that just holds actions um, if if you just put it after the light of dialogue and then comma separate them, it'll just run all of the actions uh, when the dialogue is over. So you can do like arbitrary, you, you can just put any code and that it'll just run from the dialogue system, but you don't have to like, you, you don't have to do a lot of fiddling with it because you just put the code in the scene somewhere and then yeah. it'll go, okay, well, this is the code that does the camera. And so you just type in like focus camera five and it'll focus the yeah. camera to five. It, it's yes. great. Yes. It's I was, such a good system. I, I, was, I, was, I, was hacking, I was hacking together something very similar uh, when I was making my dialogue system in Game Maker where I was like, there was like printing lines, but then I had like a scene direction lines that would like, mm. that would like direct character action and that kind of thing it would move. It would move, you know, objects around and that sort of thing. It was okay. <laughs> uh, but anyway, speaking of these games and you wanting to play them, 
Uh, Lily, where could people find your games if they want to play them right now? Uh, hang on, let me get the link. Oh, I, don't uh, don't you worry about that. I got you covered there. I just I just need your I just need the link for the for the world in the audio world. Um, it it should be on lilydietrich.itch.io. Perfect. It's the the website. Yes, and I've got the link down there in the chat. If you're here live, but perfect. Yes, you've got that's and that's what that's where your games will be, uh, which where they are now. Uh, uh, Karina, where can people find your work if they're looking to find it? They can find it on uh, Narnia, like Narnia, the fictional place, yeah. but with a K. Pop. Itch.io. Perfect. Uh, I'm gonna. I went to your website first because. Oh, that's fine too. That's actually easier. It's kpop, but spelled p-o-p-p dot i-o. Yeah. Yes, I. I love it when people have their own websites. I encourage it. It's a great thing, even if it's like a, a simple bit of HTML, you know. Yeah. And your little pictures bounce around a little. Yeah, I got, got some <laughs> juice on my uh, yeah. website. Yeah, yeah, it's just like straight to the point, and also. <laughs> Uh, email right at the top. I do, I do a lot of really creative work to find people's emails. <laughs> and I am, if you have an email on the internet and you have a game that I'm interested in, or if I'm looking to commission you as a developer and I, and you have an email somewhere on the internet, I guarantee you, I will find it. So, uh, getting Making it, that easy to find number one tip. If there's any like aspiring game devs, yeah. I, went to my first GDC and I made business cards like a big girl and did not put my email on it. It was just my name. It was very stupid. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have that away around. Yeah. It just put it like put an email. I, as someone who has their email plastered, not even with any of the fake dot or whatever, I just put it as is. I basically get no spam messages. So like, nice. it, if you just if you just slap it on there, you don't get any. You don't have any issues, you know. Yeah. Um. But that even uh, even if you're like, I don't want people emailing me. Make a business email, you know. Make a make a yeah. business. It's it's good. It's good. It's good. This is just me just telling specific me telling people to make an email so I can find you. <laughs> I don't have to DM you or whatever. I hate doing that. It doesn't format right. It can't put links in DMs. I hate it. Uh, but speaking of things I don't hate, uh, Indiepocalypse, you can buy that at uh, Indiepocalypse.com. Uh, both, uh, and it doesn't even link to Itch anymore. I have that on my own website. You can buy it there. Just like the whole ass uh, download, you know? DR, it's, no, I was going to say Itch is also DRM free, but it's, it's just a website. You can buy, you can also buy uh, th- these tapes that I'm holding up to my uh, monitor that you can't see. But you can buy Indie Apocalypse physical editions, which are uh, they're like little USB sticks instead of a cassette case with nice little cover art on them of the game's cover or that issue's cover. It's a cool, inexpensive way for game developers to sell games in a physical medium. Uh, I say that because I encourage game developers to give it a shot, you know? It's a it's a way to get into like zine fests and art shows and like different like physical, usually very cheap, uh, physical gallery spaces or not a gallery, but like markets, which are usually like the two I get to are like 40 bucks. You got to bring your own table, but they're like 40 bucks, which is very cheap 
compared to like uh, $500 or $2,000 or whatever. Uh, and if, and if you're, uh, and if you're, especially if you're in the, uh, alternative game space, uh, you gamers are probably a tough audience for you anyway. Uh, but that all said, you can buy it there. You can subscribe Patreon, uh, indiepocalypse.com slash Patreon. Uh, it's cheaper if you get it yearly. You can also, that's a place where you can get, if you want to get purely the commissioned games every month. At a lower, at a, at a at a steal for five dollars, you can do that too. Um, and when you buy, uh, like if and if you were to go out there and you were to buy issues like say forty one or twelve, uh, the guests here would eventually, if after enough people did that, would get like six dollars through PayPal from me. Uh, I I say six because it's my my limit before I get like dinged by fees because there's so many international guests. I go, it's got to be a five dollar minimum. Uh, so that I still get something out of it, but uh, it ends up going closer to six. It ends up being pushed over there. So that's the old indie apocalypse six dollar promise. <laughs> um, <laughs> but all that aside, uh, if you want to, if you would want to be on the show because you're like I made games, I want to be on indie apocalypse radio. I want to be inside of indie apocalypse. You can submit your game very easily at indiepocalypse.com/slash/submit. Aside from like uh, a twelve-hour window between when the submissions open and close, they are basically always open, and always looking for games that you either just made, made twenty years ago. I don't really care. Games are games are games. You know, they're good. Uh, that that's it, I believe. I think that's it. I don't think I have anything else to say. Uh, uh, buy games. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Uh, Karina, Lily, thank you both for being so much for being on the show. Uh, thank you for having me on. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for uh, making games. Thank you for being a part of Indie Apocalypse. Glad to have you here. Glad to have you in the show. Glad to have you in the zine. Uh, with that, I'm going to f- do my thing where I find Fubar. Here it is, and I'm going to end the show. Uh, goodbye, everyone. <laughs>